right, hello and welcome to Adventures in Lollygagging. We are playing a brand new game tonight. We're playing Blade Runner, not just a new game to us, but a relatively new game in terms of its release. Uh, so it's uh, it's another one of these free league games that we love so much. We're we're actually playing three of them on the channel now, uh, as we've been playing One Ring for a very long time now on Saturdays. Steven's cooking up this Forbidden Lands game for us, and now I got this Blade Runner one coming on Fridays. I even got the physical book, which is nice and shiny and everything. Uh, literally, not just nice and shiny, like metaphorically, because it's cool and new, but it's also really shiny. So it's very fun. Uh, so because it's new, uh, imagine there will be mistakes made. Uh, but uh, yeah, well, we're going to have fun regardless. Uh, so um, yeah, uh, so I've I've managed, I managed, I think I got everyone to watch the movies. Long, did you watch them? I watched the 2049, the newer one. Okay, you couldn't be bothered to go back and watch the. <laughs> yeah, I don't go back to the past like that. It's too old for me. <laughs> just you, just you go forward. You know, you're all about going forward. You're a shark. You know, we can't live in the past. Yeah, can't live in the past. Uh, so, so yeah, so hopefully everyone's kind of got a feel for it. It's uh, it's not your, it's not your kind of your ever ever you know your average cyberpunk uh, uh, setting because it's it's got a, a different sort of mood and tone to it. But there's a lot of tropes that are are consistent here and there across so it'll kind of get you halfway there but there's a there's a there's a couple different elements here and there that kind of make uh, the setting unique uh it's really funny because we we haven't we've only played i think one cyberpunk game together uh and it was years ago and i don't i steven wasn't there i don't know if i don't think derek was either but i think the rest of us we played um shadows of the beanstalk with the genesis system for like one session and we did then a like very very bad job trying to break in somewhere <laughs> All, yeah, oh God, that was terrible. And then all of our schedules <laughs> blew up and we never went back to it. So it took like six years, but we're finally back to like a cyberpunkish game. So uh, very excited for that. Um, why don't, uh, let's see, how do we want to handle this? So, okay. So let me give you the basic intro. So everyone's kind of familiar with where we're at, especially relative to the to the setting. Then we'll go through, we'll let everyone introduce their characters as like based on what they pick, their archetypes, that kind of stuff. Uh, and then we'll dive in and we'll have kind of a more like in-story introduction to these characters, right? So so right now in the Blade Runner universe, it's in, in the, the time of the game, it's 2037. So it's 18 years of the events in the original Blade Runner movie. Uh, and it's 12 years prior to the more recent Ryan Gosling-led movie. So that's where we're at. So it's, it's 2037. Earth is dying much of a population, at least those that can afford it or who pass like this, this appropriate screening test and are willing to indenture themselves have, have moved off world. Uh, but those that are left behind, they live in these like pretty much polluted mega cities, right? Uh, and Los Angeles being the primary one where this is set and expansion has started to happen, not just horizontally. So it hasn't just become this, this giant sprawl, which it has, but also vertically. So new skyscrapers, literally hundreds of levels, hundreds of floors high, like up to 500 levels high have been built quite literally atop older parts of the city to the point where older buildings are now used as like foundation for this, uh, this Uber wealthy growth. Uh, and it is that uber wealthy that tends to inhabit like the highest reaches, uh, of these buildings. And they're able to avoid mingling, uh, with like street level folk in in the poor and whatnot, uh, because you know flying cars. Uh, we have flying cars. We've got like you know helipads and stuff like that, like ver at various portions throughout some of these these massive buildings. Uh, whenever you walk the streets, there's these like neon holog holographic stereo st stereo 
photos, something like that. Advertisements and holograms that you see everywhere, like kind of customized to your yourself. Uh, and it it like hawks all manner of like entertainment, uh, food, etc. No one really eats food anymore. It's really just protein supplements and stuff that are like from protein farms that have been like remade to make it look like steak or something like that. But it's still just like like protein stuff. Uh, tech ever present, of course. Um, most of the like really advanced, like unbelievable tech, like this amazing tech is like returning to earth from the colonies. So there's like these nine colonies that are off world. Uh, we're not going there maybe, maybe later. Uh, but like there still remains in this population, this mistrust, this paranoia for certain tech, most, most notably replicants, right? These, these human like, uh, androids or, or robots or whatever you want to kind of use for them. Now, big thing. Uh, in the timeline, all of you would be aware of this. I think all but maybe Melissa would have been alive for this. Uh, 15 years ago, the blackout, there were, there's a, this big thing that happened in 2022, hit the world. It was mentioned in the 2049 movie, if you watch that. And it essentially crashed the interstellar economy. It wiped out like cloud-based and digitized data. And analog tech kind of regained a certain footing in like the public zeitgeist and like all of these records uh, like tracking existing like Tyrell core, like replicants that were the kind of the crazy ones from, from the, the 2019 movie. Well, those disappeared. And so all of them would no longer, no longer able to track these replicants. They just sort of disappeared into the populations. They scattered and they hit. So years later, it's 2037. There's still kind of no real understanding of how many of these old Tyrell models, whether it's like the Nexus eight models is mainly what is probably out there. Uh, Nexus 6 models have aged out at this point. Um, Tyrell Corp still exists, sort of, but it's now uh, the Wallace Corporation that's that's sort of taken over, uh, and they're the ones sort of producing these things. Nexus 9 models, which, again, Melissa will tell us a little bit about that in a sec. Uh, They're the main replicant to the point where, like, you see them uh, some degree. Now, there's still hatred for them. There's still a lot of people who hate them, but there's still movements. Empathy, Empathy movement, for instance, is one of them. Uh, So... The LAPD uh, still maintains the replicant detection unit, which is what you all are a part of, which is what this game currently as the core book is. You all play as different members of this replicant detection unit. And so you all handle crimes and issues that might somehow, not necessarily directly, sometimes just indirectly pertain to replicant related crimes. So that's sort of where we're at. That's sort of the background. So with that said, uh, why don't we do like a quick go around so you can tell us What's your archetype uh, and what specialties do you take? So, and again, we'll, we'll introduce your character like in story in a minute, but just give us some of the, the basic details on your character sheet, like the choices that you have and like what your archetype means. Uh, so we'll just go by the, by the overlay. So, so Derek, tell us about Everett Maxwell. Yeah. So uh, Everett Maxwell has been a Blade Runner for seven years and uh, he's a skimmer. So he's kind of like the uh, the social type of person, kind of using uh, charisma and just the ability to, to schmooze, rub elbows, things like that to get what he needs, get what he wants. Um, and then did you say mention specialty? Yeah. Yeah. So like you have a so there's archetypes in games or sort of like classes. And then each of them kind of comes with a specialty, which like is basically like a talent. So if you played other free league games, you kind of know the drill. 
Yeah, so in Everett's talent, uh, he always seems to uh, find that lucky penny, or I guess in this case, that lucky $500 bill or whatever, or uh, Chinyan, um, and just he can pull it anywhere, uh, ask somebody for a small loan um, and get what he needs uh, that way. So uh, he mm -hmm. uh, has some connections in some uh, interesting places from his time in the force. Nice. And so Shinyan is, is, is money. Like, so that's basically the money system that's essentially used throughout, uh, throughout LA. Uh, and in the game, it's sort of abstracted into Shinyan points, uh, which are ultimately used for, uh, you get a couple different effects for them, but it's, it's one of the sort of forms of XP in some ways. Like not only can you get like gear potentially and requisition stuff from the force, but you can also uh, eventually like burn them for getting new specialties. So like, it's a way of doing that as well. Uh, that's one of the two, uh, the two basic, they, they take, they've taken like the concept of XP and sort of split it into two different things, Shenyan and humanity points. So, and which are the way that you kind of advance your character. Uh, all right, Ashley, tell us about Faye Harkrow. Uh, Faye is our enforcer of the group, uh, and she uses her slight uh, build to kind of catch people off guard uh, before she absolutely wrecks them. And she has the specialty of being a killer. Uh, you can, if you want, roll an extra crit die when inflicting inflicting a critical hit on a target, and I can choose the result that I prefer uh, and hopefully do more damage. Very nice. Very nice. Uh, okay. Uh, and I know, like, I think you took, like, you said martial arts and stuff like that. Like, didn't you take something like that? Like, I think you yeah, have... Yeah, I spent my um, Chin Yen or whatever it was... Uh, mm -hmm. To get it and so i also have martial arts which uh gives me advantage in hand-to-hand -hand combat roles perfect okay uh and then next up let's go bottom row uh we've got uh we've got steven a couple as you could tell some people have really gone all out with uh with some some cosplay and then there's me and me and long who are like uh hey. yeah <laughs> we don't want to do that some of uh, us are just passionate about what we do okay yeah. I do this. Uh, I don't know why I do this anymore, but uh, I do that for the smile on your it's face. Not Steven. Passionate. It's for uh, the smile on your you're face. You're passionate about that? You know, I'm That's passionate true. about you making me smile. Okay. This is getting awkward again. Uh, just like that for Pinlands <laughs> games. So introduce a, your damn character. Need a room? Uh, like, we'll step out. Like, it's cool. I'm sorry. No, no, I always stay, forget Melissa's here. I, I need to, yeah, tone it back. Uh, <laughs> that doesn't matter. I am playing Lawton Stone. I am an analyst. A uh, bit of a jack of all trades when it comes to my stats, uh, but I do specialize as a scientist. So if it requires uh, any sort of technology or uh, I believe like uh, biology as well, I can handle that. Um, tech and medical aid. Yes. The fun thing about uh, Steven's character is that if you watch the Blade Runner 2049, uh, his character, the analyst, appeared uh, in that. And actually the artwork for that character uh, in, uh, in in 2049 is actually in the book too, which is kind of cool. And uh, you get killed like super fast. Like you're in and out of that, <laughs> that story so fast. Spoiler alert, by the way. And hopefully our game uh, can be consistent with that because you guys know how I like to try to get within, you know, adhere to the Jeff, just let me love you. The world. Quit pushing me away. Well, just, just we're going to kill your analyst. You're going to make a doxy and then we'll talk about love. Right. There we go. <laughs>
Uh, all right. Next up, uh, we're gonna we're gonna do a little detour here. Melissa, tell us about Arlie. Uh, so yeah, Arlie is an inspector, and uh, Arlie is uh, a replicant. So surprise. It's not really a surprise. I think they would know, right? Nix is nine. So you're one of the, the newer Wallace models that doesn't have the the problems of the old Tyrell models years and years ago. That doesn't necessarily mean that there aren't still people who hate you and call you skin job and all sorts of other things. Uh, but tell us more about Inspector too. Uh, yeah, so Inspector is kind of the... Um, stereotypical cop that's you know kind of always kind of pushing things um you know kind of not not afraid to you know kind of ask tough questions kind of rough folks up and kind of do all of those kinds of things so by appearance she's a brunette got kind of a perm bangs fairly sharp features um and she always wears a um kind of plasticky uh vinyl-y white uh trench coat nice 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 uh and did you ever decide did you ever figure it out like i know we were talking about beforehand did you get a specialty or not i think no did, I, I, yeah because, because i'm a rookie and rookies don't start with specialties because good call so one of the, the so in this game you can be a human you can be a replicant or you could be a human who might actually be a replicant and doesn't know. And it's one of those things where you let the GM know ahead of time. And the GM sort of figures it out. They roll a die to see if it happens and then it might pop up. So we have one, one replicant out, but who knows? Maybe some of these people, I won't say if any of them did or how many of them did. Uh, maybe, maybe uh, we might have more by the end of this. We'll see. Um, and then finally, Long, uh, tell us about your fixer. Yeah, I'm playing Koji Sunru, Sunru family. I've been in the force for 11 years now, quite a veteran. And because of that, I've got two specialties. I'm a fixer and I've got protection. So all the time I've spent, I've made a lot of connections. So whenever I fail like on duties, I can lose a promotion point, but instead I can roll the connections to reduce that loss. And also I'm an insider. So I'll get an advantage on my connection rolls when I try to acquire gear or other kind of resources from the LAPD. So that'll help out. Yeah, there's like a whole list of things. Like one of the cool things about the book is that it does give you a lot of like, let's give players a lot of support over like how to handle an investigation and like all the different resources that you could potentially call in from LAPD. Like you can burn resources to try to do it. Uh, you can burn time as well. There's like shifts and things like that. So but we'll dive into that as, as it comes up. Uh, all right. I guess I got to stop stalling and I guess we got to start, huh? Right. Any, uh, any, any questions or concerns before we dive in? Yeah. How do we play? Right. That's a great question. So, uh, it's your, <laughs> it's your usual year zero system, but it's changed. It's not just D sixes anymore. Uh, but it's it's uh, it's got a lot of the same role mechanics actually as Twilight 2K. It's got that kind of letter grade system A, B, C, and D, and it corresponds to like D12, D10, D8, D6. All of you by default have your attributes and your skills. I think at uh, at C grade, I think is the minimum. At some point, you can downgrade and upgrade something else. Uh, so you have basically between A's and D's. So anywhere between D6s and D12s, uh, you roll two dice. Right, uh, whenever you roll a check. 
there can be advantage and disadvantage that might give you a third die uh, and that uh, that lets you let you do that from time to time, take the better or the worst, etc. But otherwise, that's what it is. Um, the uh, see successes are like sixes and above, I believe, if I recall correctly. And then uh, if you have like the dice from the actual game or in our foundry table, for instance, because we have the official foundry module, uh, the successes are eyeballs uh, and fails are unicorns. Uh, that's or not Yay. just fails, but bad stuff. Uh, so yeah. Okay. Uh, any other questions? We good? Ready to go? I think we're good. I'm curious if uh, my donation gets me off world, so I can save my character from any horrible fate. <laughs> well, here's the thing. As I was saying in chat, in my head canon, and I was planning this way back when we were doing Cinders of Heaven for Alien. And my headcanon, Blade Runner and Alien share the same universe. And so that's one of the reasons why it's Memories of Fire and Cinders of Heaven. There's all like the, this fire theme going on, et cetera. So, uh, so yeah, basically what I want to point out is like you can go out there. It's, it's dangerous out there. You know, it's dangerous. Uh, you, you're going to get a weird bony hand in the face that, uh, that shoves something down your throat. And then you're going to have a very ugly baby who kills you. Uh, all right. So... The start. Uh, okay, so we're gonna, we're gonna do a little randomy stuff. Uh, let's do a little music going here. All right, we're open cinematically. It's a dark Los Angeles skyscape. All right, you can see in front of us this near endless forest of concrete warehouses that seem to flank and surround LAX. We're in, we're in Sector 12. Now, LAX is, is basically a spaceport at this point, where moon buses shuttle elites and cargo to and from uh, various orbital stations uh, around the Earth and then out towards the colonies and back. But also, it's sometimes domestic flights, but usually, again, uber-wealthy, mega-rich, and it's not just that. So we see the sky is kind of populated with these giant moon bus shuttles that are just kind of disappearing. We see the, the bright red lights of their engines burn through the fog and smog. We see these cargo barges that are ferrying goods to storage warehouses from the starport itself or from warehouses to some of the vendors throughout the other sectors of LA. We can see that there's also this subtle rain tonight, not a very heavy one, we also notice that there's this fog that's rolling up and over the seawall to the west before it kind of merged with the natural industrial fog of this warehouse district that we're in. Now, the concrete forest is, is it's largely dark, but there are these kind of burning lights of these barges and these LAPD spinners that are kind of moving about with greater, uh, with sort of greater activity than you might get at this time of night. And the latter of these, the, the spinners, these cars, uh, are all kind of veering and converging towards this orange-red speck to the southeast. And that's when our camera kind of shifts a little bit closer towards that red, orange-red speck, and we see one of these warehouses is aflame, and it's burning brightly in the night, just burning and burning and burning. The light rain's not enough to kick it out, and for some reason, despite there being all these automated fire suppression systems around that has almost made, you know, actual old school fire departments obsolete. This thing is just burning and burning away 
as all of these dark other warehouses. We see on the ground, on the actual ground, and even on some of the upper platform levels, we can see warehouse workers, union workers, LAPD, corporate people coming to check on whatever they have stored in some of these warehouses are beginning to congregate their faces coated in orange. Camera fades out at that point, right as those LAPD spinners are descending right in front of that swath of an audience. And as the screen kind of goes goes black, we hear this, this sound of what's called a Kia or a knowledge integration assistant, this small device that all LAPD are assigned. It's part of your, your just your normal gear. We hear it ringing and ringing. And when the screen comes back up from black, we see the owner uh, and... It's going to do this randomly. The owner is Lawton Stone. So as this, as the screen comes back, it starts on like the, the, the actual display image of the Kia. Where do we see Lawton Stone? What does he look like? What is he doing? Where are you at this time of night as this call comes in? You look down and you can see there's Deputy Chief Holden's name. Contact name is on it. Where, where, and what is Lawton Stone doing? Lawton Stone would be in his apartment, very dimly lit. The only uh, light from in the apartment whatsoever is a fireplace, virtual fireplace on the wall. There's just a screen on the wall that has a fire going, and it casts flickering shadows throughout the room. Uh, he is actually at a desk. He's got a glass of whiskey. Uh, and one of his square tumblers, of course. Um, and he's uh, going through papers and photographs. Um, he's got a computer uh, nearby that he's talking to absentmindedly, not actually looking up at the computer with the results of its commands, but just knowing what's feeding back. And he's just in a rhythm. His Kia pops up. And he answers. And you hear the sound of... Uh of Deputy Chief Holden's voice, but he kind of heads the the RDU, the Replicant Detection Unit. And he's like, Stone, uh, we got a wild one tonight. I know you're off. I know this is downshift for you, but uh, special assignment. Need you to get out to Sector 12. Chemplast Warehouse. Their security chief is uh, his ex-LAPD, Monty Croyle. And apparently he's got connections above my pay grade, above yours too. Now, Kim Blast is uh, it's Wallace Core. So be on your best behavior and uh, get the croil, see what the hell this is all about. I, I, I don't, I'm in the dark just as much as you right now. I don't know why they need so what many people. What am I walking either. into here? It must be a real mess. Arson case, it's all I know. A warehouse is up in flames, it's still burning. I don't know why the suppression units ain't working. Uh, they're working to take it out. Something's going on. We got the call from from Kim Plasts, one of the one of the Wallace Corps reps is kind of got to putting pressure on the upper on the upper big wigs, and they're putting pressure down on me. So now I'm putting pressure on you. Understand how that works? When Lawton hears arson case, his eyes uh, immediately flicker up to the fireplace on his wall, and he kind of lingers for a moment, uh, lost in a a reverie, before coming back. Hey. Yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll take the case. I'm on it. 
It, I'm on it. It wasn't a... Of course you're taking the case. I told you you're taking the case, Stone. All right, and I need you to grab R on your way and tell her that she needs to check a damn phone when I call and that she's due for a baseline, okay? Tomorrow, I want her She has a baseline? She's not You're sending me in the middle of the night to an arson case with a replicant that's not been baselined. She's been baselined. I want another one. She's not answering her phone. Do your job, Stone. What do you have against me? What do I have against you? Right now, what I have against you is that you keep I me on the phone. On <laughs> you get a little text come through. You son of a bitch. And you can hear it. It's like, you son of a bitch. <laughs> so. So where would we're, we're, we're kind of bring Melissa in on this one uh, as all this is sort of. Uh, sort of being random. R is kind of what you're referred to by some folks. Arlie is kind of the name you've taken as well. So people probably use both. Um, so where would Lawton find you? How about that? Arlie's also, um, so she has a uh, housing in Sector 5. So she is kind of where she is expected to be. Mm-hmm. LAP, you're in like the LAPD yeah. dormitory area. Okay. Yep. Yep. Um, and what is kind of noticeable there, there's not a lot inside um, this apartment, but everything inside the apartment is black and white. And so you see, you know, kind of everything is, is, you know, even if it's just kind of been spray painted, everything, you know, you kind of have that like, very 80s, shiny, black furniture um, that's there. And you see that she is on the wall is one of those uh, Kit Kat clocks. So it's like the black cat with the tail that comes down uh, for the seconds and the eyes that kind of move. Um, And so you, you see that she's just sort of watching the cat just sort of with the kind of back and forth back and forth and, you and then see you're, you're 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 like well if you, you keep going first but at some point you probably notice the regular buzzing of your kia yeah and so she's been you know kind of as she's been watching it she has um she has these uh one black one white go stone and so you see this is what she does and she's sort of kind of mulling something as you see kind of one in each hand. And so she's just sort of kind of watching the clock and just sort of rubbing each of the stones. But, and then she'll kind of realize that it's kind of something is trying to get her attention. You look down at your Kia and you notice the first thing you see uh, is that we'll say you have an incoming contact from Lawton Stone. We should clarify Blade Runner Universe, LAPD, you got your Kia, you can use it to contact each other. There's no cell phones, but if you tried to contact people outside of the LAPD network, you would have to literally go find a vid phone somewhere. Like you'd have to get on like a pay phone type of thing, but each other, you can do this no problem. And so it allows you to kind of be present in ways that you might not have been able to otherwise if you weren't in LAPD. But you see, you know, Lawton Stone comes up. You probably have worked together. He's an analyst. He's a lab guy. You're an inspector. You kind of come back. See it, you see him pop up. You also notice too, 
perhaps as you go to answer, that you have five missed messages uh, from uh, from Deputy Chief Holden that have been coming in for the last looks like twenty minutes, like every five minutes, like another, another, another. And maybe you noticed it, maybe you didn't when they were ringing, but you see them now for sure. And so she will, in reverse order, respond to each one. So each of uh, kind of uh, Holden's messages will get a response back to it. And then the last response uh, will be to Stone. And so in increasing annoyance, you hear Deputy Chief Holden. The first one's normal, uh, where it's just like, where you at? Where you at, kid? I got I got a new one tonight. I got a hot one. And I mean that in more ways than one. Okay, I need you out there. Next one comes up. Kid, answer your phone. This ain't right. You wanna work on you wanna work a part of this part of this unit, you gotta answer your phone. Kid, answer your damn phone. And the next one's like, if you don't answer your damn phone, I'm sending someone to get you. And then finally, Stone's coming. Yes, I got it. Yes, I got it. Apologies. I'm sorry, sir. Okay. I will wait for him. Okay. And so we'll say Holden has to have the worst heartburn. He does. Like that's how I'm picturing him. <laughs> I'm picturing like the blade, like you know, Blade Runner 2019, like as that yeah, guy. Like, yeah, he's, perfect. Like, or like a Sipowitz. Like I'm, I kind of want to play him. Like as I love Sipowitz from him. <laughs> so like, like I'm picturing as that completely balding head, pockmarked face. Uh, unlike you all, extraordinarily ugly. Uh, and uh, and so yeah, you see a live call, live feed coming in from Lawton. And we'll say, Lawton, you're probably in root in your spinner. Good evening, Mr. Lawton Stone. You get the messages from Holden? He said he's been trying to get you. I just responded to each and every one of them. Of course he did. Uh, we got a case. It's a... Uh... I hear it's a hot one. Yeah. Yeah, it's an arson case. Uh, apparently, they need an analyst out there. Uh, you're supposed to come with me. I'm not really a field agent here. Uh, how are you feeling? Holden said that you were uh, needing a baseline. I feel just fine, but I will comply with the baseline. When he Did he say I needed to do it right now, or are we going to do the job? Uh, we're going to do the job. They need us there uh, ASAP, but you got to do the baseline tomorrow. Okay. How... How many minutes will it take until you are here? Uh, I don't know, like quarter hour minutes? Uh, 13. Okay. I will be ready. Are you sure you're feeling okay? Yes, I'm just fine. All right. Goodbye, Mr. Lonstone. See you shortly. So, hang on. Yeah, we do a little montage then. Well, Arlie kind of getting ready to leave, kind of timing it out perfectly. As you go to leave your apartment, like you hear the tick, tick, tick of your kick clack, kick clock. But if, right as you're going to close the door, there's like a pause where the tick doesn't happen. And you like kind of look back and you see the second hand on the clock just sort of hover for a sec and then kind of continue to go. Close the door. Start moving down the hallway and the stairwell. Uh, unlike some of the other kind of tenement houses, condos, apartments, things like that, the LAPD housing—it's you don't have people living in the in the hallways at least. Uh, but it's not the cleanest place. It's very mundane, 
you know, it's it's certainly uh, not not particularly decorated. Uh, there's definitely a brutalist feel to the architecture here, much like the uh, the headquarters. Uh, and so you go down a few flights, uh, or you know, maybe maybe you pass by a, someone kind of coming off shift who kind of gives you a kind of a glare or a dirty look and kind of passes passes by without saying much. And you come out into the street, light rain coming down, the sounds of people moving. You see crowds pushing past, uh, despite you know the time. The city's always awake, and we see almost perfectly timed the spinner unit of Lawton Stone kind of lowering down uh, to the street level to pick you up, Arlie. We will fade from there, and we will cut then to uh, to Koji Sunru. Is that right? Yeah. Okay. And the same sound of the, the kind of the Kia unit going off. Uh, and where do we find Koji Sunru when the call from Deputy Chief Holden comes in? Find Koji in Sector 1, the entertainment district. He's at Jade's Inc. It's a tattoo parlor. Find him shirtless, face down on the tabletop with Jade herself touching up, fixing up some of his tattoos. He's got some running from his right arm all the way up into his neck and his forehead. He's getting some new ones done. He's also watching the TV while he's getting it done. These days it's 99% ad, 1% entertainment. Advertisements like travel here now to Tokyo. It feels like they're reading his mind pretty much. But do your, uh, if I can ask a question, do your, to- yeah. your tattoos, are they, so there's in, in Blade Runner, you can actually get, uh, I'm trying to look at the name for this. I think they're called uh, stereoscopic tattoos. Mm. So they have like a movement quality to them. Uh, yeah. It's almost like two different images overlaid atop and creating this depiction of depth and even movement from angle. Do you have stuff like that? Yeah, sort of like waves, a koi kind of popping out of it. So it looks like it's almost flowing. Okay. And so as Jade is kind of going through and probably humming to herself uh, as as she's doing the work, uh, she kind of stops for a second and she's like, do you need to take that call? Uh, keep going. I'll put it on speaker. And so you do. You put it on speaker. And you hear the voice, a very familiar voice. It's, uh, it's Deputy Chief Holden. And he's like, uh, Koji, uh, yeah, I know you're on downshift, but I got a wild one tonight. All right, kid. Uh, special assignment. Uh, I need you to get out to Sector 12. As a... Uh, listen, I don't know why they even need you. <laughs> Something, something strange happening. I'm getting, I'm getting all sorts of requests down for this person or that. Uh, but uh, there's, there's awesome. There's a fire. One of these uh, Kemplas warehouses is up in flames. Uh, just checked in. They're starting to die down. Something, something strange about the fire. But I don't know. I, I got, uh, I got Stone. I got that analyst guy, uh, and uh, I got, uh, I got R going out. I need you to head on out there. I need you to uh, to take a look. There's a there's a woman 
Oh, what's her name? Oh, here it is. Marilyn Lau. Uh, she's uh, Ken Plask representative. I've been on the phone with her for the past 25 minutes, and she's been busting my balls. Apparently, we've got a we've got an ex-LAPD uh, who is uh, involved somehow, but she can't find him. Pulling in all sorts of strings, uh, and uh, she's threatening to kind of, you know, take this up higher and higher. So get on out there, make her happy. Uh, you know, pick up uh, what's the guy's what's his name? Um, Maxwell. You know, get him. He's always good at schmoozing. Can make people happy, whatever. I don't even care. I don't want to know how. Get on out there, figure out what's going on. Hook up with Stone and Arlie, and uh, yeah, figure out what the hell's going down. You got a boss. I'll fix it for you. All right. All right. And so we'll cut then to uh, Everett Maxwell. Uh, and you kind of got a similar call kind of coming in, like off screen. You kind of had the same sort of call from Hol- you know, from Holden kind of going through, kind of explaining, you know, warehouse district, fire, chem plast, subsidiary of Wallace. We've got a, we've got a, we've got a, a Wallace Corp rep. Kind of runs runs Kim Plas. She's she's kind of causing a storm. She can't find her security chief. Her security chief's ex LAPD. They want us out there. That they don't know what the hell's going on. Why isn't the fire suppression unit work? They get on out there. I don't know why they want RP. You know RDU, but get, you know get on out there. And then he says like, I'm, I send Koji. So like you you, you got a ride coming. Uh, so where is Everett Maxwell as this kind of call comes in from from Holden? Yeah, uh, Everett's just out in one of the market areas, just eating a nice warm bowl of noodles, kind of just walking around in the uh, the light drizzle that's happening. You know, somebody, uh, as he's like almost finished with his noodles, someone bumps into him because they're not paying attention to where they're going. And he kind of does like the John Travolta confused, like looking at them. Uh, he just lights up a cigarette, though, shrugs, keeps going. And that's when he gets the call and listens to Holden's uh spiel about the case he's got to work and so there's a couple places you might be honestly there's uh you know there's there's this place i love this place it's one of my favorite places i've seen it's called piss alley uh is what it's called but it's a place where there's uh there's essentially like i wonder what it's known for you would be surprised to learn there, Lawton, that it's actually known for like these uh, kind of little bistro and gastro posts. It's actually kind of a nice place, uh, like this little kind of out, uh, you know, out of the way kind of location. There's it also was gentrified. Hall- yeah, it was a little gentrified. It's gentrified as I think street level can get. Uh, but there was also, um, I think there's Hawker Circle, another one you might be in. So there's a couple different places. And I think Hawker Circle might have like a, a noodle bar that's pretty famous. I think that's Hawker Circle. Oh, uh, Maxwell will definitely be in uh, a piss alley if it's uh, like nicer because he's got mm-hmm. that extra that extra cash. So he wants the he wants the good quality uh, noodles. Yeah, I'm turning through my book haste like right now to find the full uh, the full D script for piss alley, which oh here it is. Okay, so it's in sector four. It's in the industrial district. So it's a labyrinth of narrow, dimly lit alleyways filled with the trendiest eateries and the juiciest gossip. So you see Derek, he's got the juiciest gossip. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. Fake cigarette. Perfect for you. Right. After after he gets bumped into, you know, he just lights up. And then he just starts uh, walking around waiting for the, uh, the ride. They're fake cigarettes. They're fake. Don't smoke. 
Uh, so let me ask you a question. Let's do a let's do a moment of world building really fast. What's the eatery you're at? Um, is it a noodle bar or is it something else? It's a noodle bar, definitely. It's like okay. what they specialize. Like they try to make it, you know, like as authentic as possible, where it looks like they're making the noodles from scratch. You know, like grinding the materials together, stretching sure. them out, and whatnot. So you're getting like you're you're watching the protein, like the protein composite from the farms out east, and like they're kind of yeah. coming through and they're making the noodles themselves. Whatever they do with the flavoring actually makes it uh, makes it taste good. Uh, is this a place that you're known? Like, are you like a local? Like, are you coming a lot? Oh yeah, this is one okay. of his favorite spots. He's kind of where his downtime is spent. Uh, he gets to hang out with some of the people that he's come to know over the over the months, years, depending. Okay, give me give me the name of the place and give me uh, one of your contacts here. Ooh, okay. Uh, so we've got all right. I think this place will be called uh, the Knit Noodles. The Knit Noodles. Okay. Yeah. And uh, for a contact, it'll be the uh, owner. We'll call her uh, Mama Murphy. Mama Murphy. Okay. Wait a second. Did you just have like Papa Murphy's tonight? Is that what? <laughs> no, I think I pulled that from a Fallout okay. game, actually. <laughs> okay. All right. So, uh, so as the call comes, so we'll say a call comes in from Koji, kind of getting your, uh, getting your location. And you pop through, you know, knit noodles and you kind of sit down and you wait, you know, you hear the, you know, you hear stories like, uh, nothing's like this, this little, this little story you've got of the fire that doesn't seem to have kind of moved around just yet. It's, it's literally an active scene. It's been going on for a couple hours. No one's really picking up on it here. Um, but you hear other things, you know, usual kind of scuttle, but you know, you hear stories of like, uh, there's some sort of, uh, you know, if, if you're a cop that like, someone was like, you know, be careful. I heard a rumor, you know, that was, uh, I'm, there's this one cop over by, uh, what was it? It wasn't Koreatown. It was, uh, I can't remember. Anyway, they're out there. Someone's out for you guys. They're, they're taking you out. They're taking you out. But not us, not us. We, we love you, kind. We love you. You're great. You, you do wonderful things. Uh, don't, don't, you know, don't, but just, you know, we wouldn't want anything bad to happen to you. You know, there's there's always somebody out after us, uh, and uh, if you wanted to take me out, you'd poison my noodles years ago, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, 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 no. I'd never think about doing something like that. No, 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 no. Of course, of course not. And it's at that point you kind of look back and you can see the lights, the landing lights start to glow outside, like where you're sitting on the counter, and you see the spinner coming down dripplings of rain and like there's this one dry spot underneath as the spinner comes down and there you see koji uh right there fresh kind of maybe bandage or no, actually it's on your back wasn't it so like maybe kind of leaning a little forward in the seat so you're not leaning up against the against the back uh the the uh the side door opens up and you pop in uh, koji what's uh what's with your posture what, what are you doing uh, i've been sore trying to Keep the tat fresh, you know. Oh, yeah. getting more ink. Uh, I can't keep up with you, uh, young. Well, I guess you guys have been on the force longer than me, but I can't keep up with you, uh, you artists decorating your body. Yeah, that's a way of expression. But come on, Maxwell. There's a fire to clean, clear. Let's go. All right. So you take off and you start heading across the city. 
uh, towards Sector 12, which is, uh, again, it's not that long to get to these places. Like when you're in the spinner, you can go pretty quickly from place to place. As long as you're not trying to do public transit or trying to go by foot or something like that, you can get places pretty quickly. So you start flying, kind of level up, get above some of the some of the usually, you know, the normally high sky, you know, skyscrapers, but you don't kind of go all the way up. You see these beaming towers where the mega wealthy are kind of living up. That's not quite where you're going. You see the old pyramid of, you know, Tyrell cores you pass by still functioning. And eventually uh, you guys make it out and we see like that same concrete forest warehouses left and right. And you can see like this sort of you got the you got the the cords and stuff and you kind of head to this southeast portion up ahead of you there's another spinner that's kind of coming in and you see like you're kind of getting waved down and waved down and waved down where there's this kind of higher level pad that's been cleared off for some of these uh these units you look over at the at the warehouse itself you can see that it's in a horrible shambles like it's been burnt through and you and you as you look at it you realize it's not just been burnt but it looks like it's suffered just just from going over top of it there's lights all on it looks like it suffered some kind of explosive you know it's like something something detonated the the skeleton of the warehouse is still intact now this thing is is the equivalent of like a, a 50 story high building uh in some ways uh but you know that some of these warehouses store extraordinarily large uh machinery and other devices and um as you kind of get, you know, as you start coming down, we're going we're gonna to shift the camera over. We see like, as we're panning over, we see Arlie and Stone getting out of that other spinner that was just in front of you. You, Everett and Koji are getting out of another. And we see a third off to the side where uh, we're inside sitting. Uh, it's Faye Harcrow, uh, who is just sort of either kind of daydreaming, like kind of lost in thought, kind of staring down, first to arrive at the scene, took the call right away, you were nearby, kind of landing here, kind of waiting, waiting, Holden told you to wait, more would come, more would come. So first, you know, what, is, what does Faye look like? How does he look, you know, what, what, is, what, is, what do we see as she's inside of her spinner? And then secondly, you've been daydreaming about something. Mm-hmm. What is it? Yeah, so tell us a little bit about Faye. So... Uh, Faye is a, uh, a short woman. She's got dark hair that she often wears up in like a severe bun. And she's, um, got this beautiful darker skin tone and she likes to wear like jewel toned eyeshadows that really pop out, but everything else she wears is kind of grungy. Uh, she wears her combat boots, these like tactical pants. And then if she is, Wearing a top, she's either wearing her like sports bra when she's coming from the gym or just a ratty t-shirt. And then she's got this really weird, clear sort of like rain poncho um, that she's wearing. And her daydream that she has, she can't quite grasp it. It's coming in sort of like these fleeting, just like pictures and visions. And it's she's had this daydream numerous times and it starts out with these beautiful arowana fish and it's just glimpse of of their scales as they're swimming past her and she's watching them and just awes and she's like five and then it's tinged with like fear and vulnerability and then it pulls back and now she's at her parents house and they 
they got her an artificial arowana fish and she's watching it in the tank that she has in her bedroom. Okay. And as like you start to come out, like whatever, whatever, for whatever reason, you just start to like drift back out of that kind of daydream and you haven't gotten out of the spinner because a little bit further away where now there's multiple, you know, LAPD uh, vehicles have started to, to set up on this platform. You can see that there are a, a couple of very serious looking individuals, very professional, you know, very uh, uh, like corporate. And there is also what you can tell is like, you know, beat cop, support cop. This isn't you know necessarily, you know, one of these like your specialty RDU uh, folk. Uh, it's been there kind of trying to keep them at bay and kind of calm them down as they are like kind of yelling at him, berating him. Uh, you see one of them is a woman that you would probably peg in her, you know, you'd imagine her forties, but you never really know for sure. But she's done up in a very, very serious, like burgundy, uh, burgundy, like pantsuit with like very, uh, very ornate shoulders. Her hair is done up in a very or, or kind of old fashioned manner. Uh, and the, the man standing next to her and they're not, you're not sure if they're like when they're yelling at this other cop that they are like doing it as a team or if they're like kind of competing for attention. Uh, but you see this guy is much shorter than her. In fact, is she, whether it's her heels or just her natural height or a combination of the two, he's almost a head taller than him. He's much shorter, stocky build, wide, broad shoulders, like thick forearms. You can see that he's got these kind of shaved uh, shaved kind of temples that kind of grease back and his hair is kind of slicked in such a way. You're not sure if it's the the rain or just a sort of a, his, the, the product that he might put in his hair, but he's, he's probably much older, probably 20 years. He's got this kind of grizzly looking beard. That's, uh, that's been maintained in this heavy, uh, kind of goggle glasses. Uh, and he's got in his, in his mouth, he's got what looks like some kind of stogie that hasn't gone out the whole time. Uh, and, as you're like kind of looking, you see as four other individuals kind of move past you and you recognize them. Now, I want to clarify that you guys don't necessarily work together all the time. Uh, you've you've had run-ins. You've worked with each other. You know each other from the department. You've helped each other out on certain things here and there. And it is uh, it is mildly unusual uh, to put so many people on a single singular case like this. And usually that would mean that it's it's something from high up, you know, something corporate Wallace is driving it. Uh, or or the UN is driving it or something like that. But you see the people that Deputy Holden told you was coming. You see Everett, you see Arlie, you see Koji, you see Lawton. So you hit the hit the door, opens up, and you step out, light rain coming down, and there you are, the five of you. And you see what looks like this this beat cop turns around and you can see this this wash of relief come over his face as he sees you all and he's and he comes on over. He comes, comes. What? Oh, yeah, thank God you guys are here again. I can't take the two of them. This is, this is. I don't get paid enough for this. I do not get paid enough for this. Okay, so listen. Uh, uh, which one to use? Uh, 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 Maxwell. Uh, that one right there. Uh, that's Marilyn Lau. Kem uh, Plas. And he kind of like pulls open his Kia. He kind of goes over. Kem uh, Plas. She uh, subsidiary. Kind of goes through the same stuff you've heard before. Uh, she's, uh, she's the contact. Uh, she's, uh, she's, she wants to get on scene. We haven't let her on scene yet. 
Uh, she wants to get an idea of what's, you know, what happened to a product, et cetera, et cetera, and uh, casualties, et cetera. Uh, that one over there, that's uh, that's German Volch, and he kind of points at the guy, warehouse union rep in the area. Uh, some of his some of his boys, they were kind of working to help put out the put out the fire here and there, and, and the same thing. He wants to know who of his were inside, uh, who what 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 the hell's going on, uh, and uh, I, and that's that's what I got. Uh, so it's off onto you guys now. Okay, uh, what can I do? Anything else I can do for you? You guys need anything? How long till the fire suppress? Uh, okay, it, it's mostly down for now. Uh, they've managed to kind of kick it down. Whatever it is, this something chemical is going on. I don't know the details. Uh, I guess that's why you're here, Stone. Uh, some sort of chemical is kicking up. Uh, it, I asked, I asked Marilyn, Miss Lau, Miss Lau, excuse me, Miss Lau, don't call her Marilyn. I asked Miss Lau what they were storing. She was very shady. She just says that's none of my business, and she's right. It's none of my business. I'm just here to preserve the scene. That's it. Uh, but uh, we don't know whether it's something of theirs or something else. Uh, no one really knows. Yeah, coffee black. Coffee, coffee black. Uh, oh, you what? Uh, yeah, I could do that. Sure. Yeah. Sure. 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 Uh, I think there's a kind of looks around. Yeah, I don't care uh, where it is. You can find it. But oh, I'm gonna go get it. Oh. Uh, Everett's gonna gonna clap a hand on the officer's shoulder and look at him and be like, uh, I, "I didn't catch your name. What, what's your name, officer?" Oh me, uh, that's a great question, uh, Clayton. <laughs> Clayton, thanks yeah. for giving us the uh, the initial details and for keeping everything as calm as you can until we until we arrived. Don't listen to my uh, coworker here. He's just. He likes to have a go at people, you know, uh, and Everett will hand him like a small bill and say, go, go take some five minutes, get yourself a coffee. Don't, don't worry about us. Oh. We got this. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Uh, I've run over Maeve's bar. It's just like a hop skip over that way. I, I, you know, uh, they're sort of friendly. The cops. We'll see. You guys want anything? Coffee. Take over Black. Yeah, 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 yeah. I got yours. I got yours. Okay. So he takes uh, your orders. Uh, okay. Uh, Officer Clayton, uh, 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 I believe we were uh, Kind of turns to... a little coolly towards you. But he listens. He doesn't say anything. But you can tell, like, his facial expression is a little bit cooler when it's looking at you. Mm-hmm. I'm being a dick, and you're the one he doesn't like. <laughs> <laughs> the way of the replicant. I, I believe we were uh, asked to find a uh, Mr. Croyle. Is that? That's correct. I have not yet found him. Uh, Miss Lau is also very interested in, in, in finding him as well. He is not responding to any uh, of her communication attempts. Uh, he uh, he is the head of security. Uh, Kemplast Wallace, they employ private security in this area. This is uh, We're only brought in because whatever security they did employ seems to have failed. And uh, now we've been brought in to clean things up. So... Uh, if you can find him, I'm sure she would be much obliged. Thank you for that uh, information. Did, did did we have a uh, an estimated time when this fire uh, broke Within out? Within the next twenty or thirty, they've got it. They've got it kind of cornered. Uh, the last bits of it have kind of on the western side. If you go in the eastern building, uh, they know they know to expect you. Uh, you can probably get in. 
do we know when it started earlier today? Yeah, approximately, uh, approximately two and a half hours ago. Yes. I see. I see. Burn quick. Uh, there are a number of people around onlookers and such. Uh, it was, uh, I've been told that there was a, it was a skeleton crew. So there might've actually been people here or it might just have been some automation, uh, kind of uncertain. Uh, Mr. Mr. Volch has been, uh, uh, difficult, uh, to get any information out of, but again, that's not my job. Okay, I'll, I'll leave you all to it now, if that's all right. Yeah, we got to get to work. Okay. Thank you, Officer Clayton. And I'll be back with those, uh, yeah, yeah, any kind of dips off at that point. So you guys are on an uh, like kind of an uplifted platform. It's easy enough to get down to street level. Uh, you can see that these warehouses are almost perfectly distinct from the outside. Like they're all kind of the same. It's just this like this lengthy spread of these these concrete buildings. And this one has suffered significant damage. Uh, you can tell just looking at it that like there's there's this there's this residue of of char. Uh, and you can see there's rubble as well. Like and also you can smell like you know the this the the smoke and the burn uh and there's something foul on the air like it hasn't just been like concrete burning but something else has kind of been mixed in with it it's it's chemplast and so all of you basically would know it's uh it's they they deal with kind of material storage so like they they deal with plastics and chemicals etc and so all manner of stuff uh and so you would kind of have a general idea of who they are that that would probably be in the brief that you got from Holden Uh, so then after uh, Clayton would have left, uh, everyone would have turned around to kind of like face the group and just uh, make a quip and say, well, uh, I guess we are uh, taking out the, the mob boss or something. F- five people working one case. What is, we got hot shot over here and he'll gesture over to Arlie. Uh, we got young blood here too. Hell of a case. Politics. It's all bureaucracy. Someone up there had some money in this place, and they're upset that it's burning down. Oh yeah, yeah. It's that's that's always how it goes. The rich lose enough, and then they start, you know, ringing the bells on every part of the system, and we have to come in on our time off. You know. It does appear that if we are able to be successful in this, uh, that would be looked upon very highly. Yeah. Yeah, it does. That's you're, you're already looking to climb the ranks real quick here, Hotshot, huh? Well, I am. I am. But a rookie. I, I do hope to be more than a rookie someday. If you don't bite off more than you can chew, there's a lot you got to learn before you start climbing the ranks here. So as you all are talking, you can see, you hear the sounds of heels moving across the platform and you can see this, uh, this Marilyn Lau is moving in your direction. Now, in terms of things that you could potentially do, and obviously you can think of whatever it is you want to do, but there's the scene. You can kind of go and explore the warehouse. There's the crowd, there's people all around. Uh, there's, you, you never know in terms of like kind of the security around here, there's probably Esper cameras somewhere or private camera, you know, private security cameras already been mentioned. Uh, there's, uh, these two kind of aficionados, the, 
there's the Chemplast rep. There's a, a warehouse a warehouse union rep. Uh, so those people that you can talk to as well. So there's a variety of things that you could potentially do. What would you guys like to do as you hear the sounds of the heels moving in your direction? You peek back and you see with great determination, she's walking towards you. And that German Volch guy is kind of more quickly following in her footsteps. Uh, upon hearing the footsteps, Everett will like spin around and kind of outstretch his arms and say, Miss Lau, uh, I'm so very sorry for the loss of your important asset. Uh, just know that like, my companions here, we're going to do the best that we can to find whoever did this and why they did this and bring them to justice for you. So, of course, we're, we're going to need your cooperation on as many details as you're able to share. Oh, that sounds all fine and good. Are you going to do that before or after you continue with your little gossip mongering here? You've been sitting around here for 10 minutes and then... Uh, this one has been sleeping in her spinner now for, uh, I don't know, a better part of 30 minutes. None of you have done anything. And that one, as she points at the car kind of driving away, that one is utterly useless. I have I have, I have, couch cushions who do more things than that one does. So can we get on I with it, I agree with you on all points. We should get to work. Certainly make a make a point or make a mark in the uh, one who drove away in their file so that they get retrained, but... Uh, just to give you a little insight, we don't usually have this many people working a case, so sometimes we gotta, you know, mix up or coordinate duties so that we're not doing double work on something that ends up being silly. You know, I'm sure you understand. I don't really need to know the in, in, inner workings of your your process here, detective. Uh, the simple the simple fact is that is my warehouse. There is a significant amount of product in that warehouse. I would like to get some of me and my people inside to inspect what is in there. And apparently I've had to wait around for you, which makes no sense at all. Uh, because that is, again, my warehouse. And then for some reason, some reason, my security chief is nowhere to be found. What's so the if you could all possibly do something here, then sit around talking. That would be wonderful to hear. What's the product? Product, chemicals, plastics, building materials, many, many things. It's not just one product, Mr. Maxwell. Mr. Maxwell. Well, I was sure Stephen forgot his name for a second. No, I remember. Yeah. I, I, and Arlie will kind of pipe up and say, I, I believe what he is asking, is there anything in particular in this warehouse that would make it more of a uh, target than any of your other warehouses. This would be Ooh. pertinent information for us to know. Looks up and down at you. She's like, we, uh, so we carry all manner of chemicals, materials, storage, used in a variety of industries all across Los Angeles. Yes, that sounds like a line that I could have read in a brochure. Uh, since we are here to investigate, I am asking for information that is beyond something that I could read on a brochure or somewhere else. Uh, perhaps something that would be of interest to us in our investigation. Okay. Uh, roll Jeez. a manipulations test. Let's do a manipulations test. I like the sass. <laughs> yeah, for the sass. That's going to come back to to bite you in the end, by the way. We do questions. Yes. Um, <laughs> oh, dear. <laughs> you, know, well, you, you remember the questions, right? We'll, we'll, we'll cover it at the end. But being rude uh, to certain people, and like, you know, it's weird. You'll, you'll see. You'll see what I mean. That's why you always give a fake name. <laughs> Okay, so I am rolling. Okay, it's the first roll. So a fake roll. name that someone happens to have. <laughs> I have a C 
in manipulation and a B in empathy. So that's going to be rolling a D8 and a D10. Yeah, you're welcome to roll in the system or physical, whatever you prefer. I don't mind. Either way. I'll roll it in the system just so we can kind of all see yeah. how it's working. <laughs> <laughs> and so that well you then. can see <laughs> my... Uh, well then, uh, three successes. Uh, that is an amazing, uh, amazing wait, roll. Actually, I, I right? rolled a, a, an eight on a D eight and a ten mm-hmm. on a D ten and a ten on a D ten. Uh, it's just made. Let's just roll that again to make sure that's not uh, that's not here. busted. It's really fast here. Okay, 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 okay. It's not. It's not busted. Okay, so you can see like she momentarily looks like she's taken aback and that she's going to uh, like like you look like she's got the feel that like she's about to lodge into you. But then at the same time, you see her just go as if she almost appreciates like the directness and the sass. Uh, and then she will kind of launch into like a full a full kind of uh, a listing of all her materials. Uh, and she unfortunately will say about 75 percent of the materials that we keep in here are incendiary, flammable and can be with mixed with a variety of other materials can be created, can be can be turned into, well, Something terrible. Uh, I will give a full list of the inventory to uh, to you all, uh, and so you can see, like, she kind of gets this, uh, you know, she kind of gets her own little, not Kia, but she has like her own little uh, mm-hmm. personal display unit and stuff like that, and she can kind of forward it over to like the LAPD networks and things like that, and eventually it'll kind of come come to you. But you'll have a full list uh, of materials, so it's a clue basically. So you picked up a clue list of materials inside, but it does seem like a significant portion of what's in here is potentially dangerous. Thank you very much for your cooperation, Ms. Lau. Indeed. Now, we're going to need a list of every threat and enemy you've made recently, business and personal. (laughs) That's very funny. No, no, you won't. Uh, Any other questions? We'll take it from here. I'll just move along. Okay. It's just she just continues to laugh at like sounds good. <laughs> oh, silly. How silly. Um, okay, so you all don't have to be in the same place at the same time. So we should stress yeah. this. Like a few of you could talk to them and continue to talk, but others you can go somewhere else. So just what would we like to do as we start moving around? I'm gonna move to whatever crowds that sort of gathered. So okay. just announce like all right, get a move on. If you weren't working or you didn't see what happened, get out of here. There's nothing. It's suppressed now. Okay. Uh, I'll tell you what. You also can roll uh, a manipulation test, and we'll see how effectively uh, this sudden shouting out to all of these union workers who are kind of hanging around here. My manipulation is a B, so it's just a 1D10 and rolled with an empathy as well. Yes. How it works, yeah. So it's a D12 yep, and a D10. Uh, six so or yeah. higher is success. Six or higher is success, and some of them are double if you go high enough. Yeah. I I eight eight on a D- double. Yeah, eight on a D10. So I think it's just one success. So eight on a one D10 success, is a one, yeah. a 10, 11, or 12 are doubles. Uh, so that's a, all you need is one. Uh, so you hear a not insignificant amount of grumbling uh, and people kind of 
uh, kind of yelling back, hey, all friends are in there. What are you talking about? Yeah, yeah man, get, get out of here, man. We're, we're the ones who put the damn fire out, man. What are you doing here? You're not even supposed to be here. We don't need, we don't need no LAPD. And so you're getting all this kind of thing. Some One person kind of throws something in your way. People kind of, you know, sort of start to discipline themselves. But then you see a few of these other kind of like beat cops start to show up and start to flank you as well. And now it's not just you who are shouting at them. But you do notice that as this this kind of looky-loo crowd begins to part. A few linger, uh, and you kind of get the feel that maybe they might have some more info, uh, but like you can see they're a little bit curious or whatever it might be, uh, and they kind of linger a bit um, as if, you know, waiting waiting for an invitation. Yeah, after seeing the clou- or crowd clear up, I'll just pinpoint a couple of them, ask them some questions. Okay. Uh, what kind of questions would you be looking to ask? You can ask them directly and role play it out, or you can just kind of give me a list. Yeah, so of the, the broad different. ones, like, were you here? What did you see? Sort of deal. Uh, okay. Uh, so you talk to a few of them. They're like, listen, they say it's a fire, but there was, man, something went off. It was a freaking, like, a bright white explosion. Like, it, like if you're looking at it, it would blind you. Just sort of popping out half of the windows. We were looking over there, and he kind of points to one of these other warehouses. And like, we just, oh, just like that, we heard this like sizzle, you know, like when you get, you know, when you get that kind of, you know, you, you get your paycheck in, you buy a little bacon, and you kind of drop it in the pan. You hear that, that kind of went on for, I don't know, what do you think, Pete? Like, like, like 10 minutes, 20 minutes, just kept sizzling. And it was just this, and this smell. I don't know what it was. It was, Hey, I know they got chemicals in there and stuff like that, but man, something, it wasn't just fire, something blue, something blue. We saw, and he kind of points to like this other warehouse. We saw a chunk of the building fly off and just like crash through one of the windows over there. I swear it happened. All right, I'll check it out. All right. All right. So you kind of go, after you kind of talk to them for a couple of minutes, they give some basics and you start walking in the direction of where they pointed you to. Uh, others, what are you doing? I want to do some forensics. I know we talked about a reason for me being there, uh, something about a chemical going up or something. Yeah, so I'll say this. When you step in uh, to the, the, the actual warehouse or the remnants of the warehouse, you can tell that there is a just bizarre odor uh now it's it's just like this mix of chemicals it's you know it's a chemical warehouse like most of the stuff that they keep in here are it's it's not in liquid form most of it's in some sort of solidified form it's used for like repurposing building or industrial materials and things like that um so there could be all manner of things but it it carry like there is this this sort of burning sensation that's kind of like you know getting your nostrils a bit um because it's you, uh, I'll say as you come in and you're just kind of doing a quick once over before you even bust anything out, you're just kind of doing like a surveillance thing. Uh, go ahead and roll. We'll say observation, I think, would probably be the first for now before you kind of get into any tech and stuff. All right. I'm D10 on both of those intelligence and observation. Um, and that is no successes. It is a free league game, so you're welcome to push. 
Uh, pushing is a reroll as long as I didn't roll one, correct? Right. And so, what do I get for pushing? Okay, so a couple things with pushing uh, in this game. First of all, uh, you can use, I think it's, let me make sure I get this correct. Uh, I think it's chinion points. So this is an optional thing. This is this is like an optional thing on top of just pushing. But uh, one thing you can do is you can spend a one chinion point to... Uh, give you an advantage on a roll even after a failed roll but before you push it so if you wanted to potentially before you push this roll spend a a shinian point you could you could potentially do so now if you're pushing uh if you don't roll any successes and you fail that's when you push etc as long as you didn't roll like a unicorn if you're using the system or one Uh, so anytime you push you're automatically going to take one point of damage uh if the roll was strength or agility or one point of stress if you rolled intelligence or empathy. So this is an intelligence test. So you would take um, one point of stress per unicorn symbol that's going to appear. Okay. So like you haven't taken. So if I don't roll unicorns, I'm fine. You're fine. Exactly. And stress would be to my resolve. Correct. That is correct. Okay. Uh, Yes, I will push then. I will not spend the Chinian point. I've got two D10s. I should be able to with four D10s. I think I'd roll a six at one point. Oh man, those are that those are last You'd words think. right there. <laughs> Derek, I love that. Highest I've rolled on all four is a five. So good. Uh, so, so that's good, a failure. Dude. I didn't roll a one though. You didn't get anything? Nothing. Okay. I'll tell you this. Um there's there's sort of a there's something telling, um something revealing uh, about this this odor uh, and the residue of it. And even as you're looking around some of the damage of it, but it's the type of thing that you that maybe if it was earlier in the day, maybe it wasn't at the end of a long day, maybe it would come to you. You could still probably learn it with some, you know, some tech, maybe head back to the lab at some point with some of your samples and run it through some of the, the systems back there. But just getting it off the bat, you're not going to. You're going to have to do some some harder work on that. Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, yeah, I'll start breaking out the kit. Okay. Uh, so as you start breaking out the kit, let me check in with Faye. Let me check in with Everett and Arlie. What are the three of you doing? Uh, Faye would start sweeping the facility looking for the missing, um, security chief. Okay. Uh, so I think that's probably also going to be an observations test, an observation test as you're specifically looking for signs. Are you looking for like to see if he's amongst the the workers or the crowd? Cause there's still people here. Like the scene is a mess right now. Cause there's been a lot of people that are actively trying to put the crime scene out because you're seeing that they have scrambled here to do it kind yeah. of old school. Whereas like whatever the suppress, like the usual fire suppression unit didn't kick in. And so they had to do it kind of by hand as opposed to automated. So there's still people here. You can see there's water flooded here and there. There's also some other kind of like a, like, like suppression foam. Uh, but are you looking like amongst the people uh, or are you looking for like signs of, uh, of death of like, of like dead bodies or something like that? Um, she would be, uh, probably presuming that he's more possibly like a replicant. And since that they called in the Blade Runner, um, group, so she's going to be looking amongst the people to see if perhaps he's trying to blend in. Okay. Um, I mean, mainly the way that you would detect replicants, uh, would be there's a usually they got like a serial number so there's like a couple mm-hmm. ways you can kind of check the serial number in the eye you can kind of look at some of the bones and things like that um they are 
Like they're so particularly well made right now that just looking at them might not necessarily reveal anything unless you had prior intel on like what that model looks like. Okay. Uh, so I'm not sure if you would just get that just from observing I don't mean behavior. like see maybe I said that wrong. I think she's just presuming he's still alive. Okay. And she's looking for him. Did we get okay. like a photo of him or like a, an identifier or description or something of like what he looks You've, like? So I would say, Faye, if you want, uh, since this is Faye, thanks for that assist, Melissa. Uh, roll a tech and get on your get on your kit, your excuse me, your Kia. Uh, you do okay. have access, limited access. You don't have like full access to like the Esper wall and stuff, but you do have some as- access to like the LAPD stuff through your uh, through your 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 kit, your Kia. I keep calling it kit, Kia. Let's see what I got through your Hyundai. I got one success. Yeah. So you pull up uh, what looks to be an old file, actually. Uh, I'll, I'll say like you and because he is XLAPD. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so you're able to see not only what he looks like, you get his actual personnel file, which isn't easy, you know, which isn't hard to get. Uh, uh, but as you're going through it, um, he's he's in, he's he's probably in his late 60s you can tell uh his hair looks to have gone like full white or at least he's kind of given over to it he doesn't seem to be dying you know dying in any particular way he's let age kind of come to him but you can see a man who's actually you know think like kind of like a ted danson aging extraordinarily gracefully and maybe getting more and more attractive as they age somehow oh, okay. in this sort of sort of way is that you can tell like his his retirement or his move to the private sector seemed to have done uh, pretty well to him uh, well for him um, so you have you have an idea of what he looks like uh, and you also have like his basic file uh, and it says that he used he did stints like he was a pretty decorated uh, decorated cop uh, he did stinks in the gang gangs and narcotics division and in counterterrorism bureau uh, and uh, he left on his own accord. He made his he made his years, uh, and he and he kind of retired into sort of like a, a private security uh, through with Chem Plus specifically, uh, and so kind of making making some private money for a cushier gig. So then maybe pivoting off of that, instead of looking through the people, um, maybe Faye would go look for his office to see what she can find amongst his office. Okay. So you can look for offices, sure. Okay, uh, everything's sort of in a, a super busted and terrible and kind of messed up. But I will say that there are there are still a there like since everything in here is very industrial, you can mm-hmm. see that there are like metal staircases uh, that kind of weave up. But even some of those have been partially corroded, and you can see that others have been completely obliterated uh, by whatever was sort of the source of this fire. Um, but you're able to find a way up to what looks like around the fifth floor or something is where like the management uh, kind of the like the, these management levels are. Now, when I say fifth floor, every floor is not the same level. Like the bottom floor is massive. So like you're going yeah. pretty far up uh, and you can start kind of scoping around there. Uh, so while you're doing that, let's kick it over. Everett or Arlie, what are you two doing? As Koji is going and checking out where the explosion kind of like ricocheted a piece onto a different building. Lawton, you've taken out your kit. You're starting to take samples. Faye, you've started to go up and look at some of the, the remnants of the managerial offices. Everett and Arlie, what are you up to? Um, Everett will walk over to, uh, I think it was uh, Herman Volch. German Volch. 
German Volch. Okay, yeah. so it is pronounced as like the language. All right. So yeah, Everett will walk up uh, to German Volch, um, cigarette in mouth, and he'll hold up his pack and he'll say, uh, "So you've got you've you've been here longer than we have. Uh, what can you fill me in on? These are your people that got hit by this, and you, you've got to have heard something by now." So he's got this stogie in his mouth, and it reeks something delicious. And he's like, uh, yeah, I've been here a bit. Uh, been here a while, you know, it's my boys. We're helping out your fools. Getting that thing, getting that thing quieted down. Making it sure it doesn't jump to other places and such. So I got my boys down there. Now this woman over there was it. He points her out. He kind of points over towards, uh, like, you know, where it looks like Marilyn, you know, Lau is kind of off bothering some other basic cop. And she's saying that there was a sort of a, a, a skeleton crew. According to my records, there shouldn't have been anyone here working at this shift, okay? No one working this time of night. This was supposed to be empty right now. Off shift, down, completely, all right? None of them cargo barges are coming until morning. So there ain't no reason for anyone to be here. That's what I can tell you. Now she's telling me there was people in here. Okay, I got a job. You got a job. We all got jobs, okay? And I'm protecting those that I, uh, you know, that I represent, okay? So I'm not going to sit here... And I'm not gonna be the one, and I gotta be the one. If there's there was someone in there when that when that uh, that warehouse exploded, I'm gonna be the one who's gonna have to go to those families. And I'm gonna knock on the doors and have to tell them what happened. I'm the one who's gonna go over, you know, tell all of his uh, all of his union brothers and sisters what happened. So I wanna know what the hell happened here. You got me? I, I hear you completely. Um, forgive me. So after you learned there were people in this warehouse that shouldn't have been here. Did you start reaching out to your people to see if anyone didn't pick up or if you didn't get anything back? That'd be really helpful to know. You're damn right I did. The problem is, officer, the problem is, here's a problem, here's a problem. problem is that uh, we, we cover almost the entire, entire district. Uh, at least this half, eastern half. All right, we're talking thousands of workers. It's going to take time. going to take time. Now, we got some contacts over at Mabes Bar. They might know. I was going to head over there pretty soon. You know, Union Bar... So Union Bar, they might know a little of this, a little of that. You know, if anyone's doing anything under the table, okay, first of all, they shouldn't be. They ain't part of the contract. We don't want that to happen. But if they are, someone might know about it there. Um, Out of character, do we have, like, our own cards to be contacted on our Kias? So you can't be contacted. So the, the Kias only go oh, right. to it's other L- LAPDs things. So, like, okay. but you would have, like... I think you would have like a basic like kind of vid phone contact like either at your you know at the at LAPD headquarters or like at home or something like that where like they could potentially get you or like drop a message for you a beat uh, but okay. they wouldn't be able to contact you through the Kias. Okay. So then Volch would just uh, or I'm sorry uh, uh, Maxwell would look at Volch and just hand him a card and say if you hear back and you find out any of your boys were here when they shouldn't have been getting pressure from this Miss Lau or anybody else for chem chemtech, uh, please give me a call at this number. Leave me a message. I I will I will get back to you as soon as I can. I'll find out what was going on and why your people were here. Thank you. That's all I was asking for. Finally, some transparency. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. Listen, if you and if you want to know anything, like I said. There's some stuff kind of on the down low, you know, we got we got to get a little, you know, sometimes you got to play it on the side. I'm not going to, I'm not going to crucify him, crucify folks around here in case they need to do that kind of thing. All right. 
But at some point, if you all, if any of you got time, send it on over, talk to Tanisha over at Mazeball. Tell her, tell her German sent you. Okay, she'll answer some questions for you. Okay, she answers some questions. Sometimes flashing the badge is useful. Sometimes flashing the badge isn't. A lot of these folks right here are a little bit more fearful of a union rep than they are of you. Even though I rep them, they know that if they've been doing something that might adversely affect the union, then I might come down pretty hard on them. But listen, that's true. I might. I might. But life or death is more important. You know what I'm saying? I, I hear you completely. Thank you for your cooperation. I'll be sure to reach out to Tanisha. All right, thank, pal. Thank you. And he smashed you like really hard on the side. And he's pretty short, stocky, but he's got this big old like beefy hand just smashes you on the side. Thanks, pal. No problem. All right. Uh, and then finally, we'll go over to Arlie. Arlie, what have you been doing? Um, it seems like a lot of the particular leads that we had were taken. Um, so I'm wondering, I'm relatively good at agility and stealth. Like, can I just sort of go meandering uh, by myself and see? Yeah, it's a very big see. warehouse. So uh, we know that Faye is up specifically looking at the... Uh, the the management offices, what's left of them. We know that Lawton's specifically trying to get some sort of chemical samples uh, residue, trying to deduce like the source or the the cause of the fire. Uh, so there's plenty of other places to sort of observe and things like that. So you're welcome um, to move around if you wanted to. Yeah. What about like a? Um, I'm imagining like there's still something that is akin to like a loading dock area. Yeah, but the difference is, is it's the roof, uh, and so what happens is like most of the most of the cargo is brought in uh, via cargo barge and dropped in through the roof, and then kind of taken out that way. There are smaller uh, smaller sections down uh, on the ground where there's like kind of mm. ground vehicle, uh, but usually that's not the primary way uh, that materials are are delivered. At least materials of this size, because some of this is like big chunky industrial like building materials, the type of things that they might put with like the Sepulveda seawall or you know, building skyscrapers or something like that. Got it. Got it. Um, how about a perimeter sweep? Okay. What, you, what are, you, are you looking for anything in particular? Um, anything that seems like it doesn't belong or doesn't fit or seems out of place. Um, maybe extra damage in a particular location or anything like that. Okay. Uh, go ahead. Uh, roll observation. So perimeter, like within, like you're looking at like the building or perimeter, mm -hmm. like outside the, okay. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, sorry. I'm rolling. Sorry. What am I rolling? Observation sounds like, uh, the best thing to do. All right. So I've got a 10. I'm just going to keep rolling it in foundry for a little bit. Oh my gosh. These replica rolls. <laughs> I'm gonna just be replica horrible rolls, for like damn right. everything. So I uh, rolled a ten on a d10 and an eight on a d8. So that is both extra successes and a. Oh no, sorry, never mind. I rolled two successes. Okay, I rolled. A I mean, it's, it's, it's still an extra success. Okay, so it is an extra success. Okay, so you're just sort of doing like a broad sweep, something that might stand out to you. Okay. Okay. You roll two successes, so I'll give you two things. Okay. Okay. So you notice that there are at the very like top of the rafters over top of the one of the, the main storage rooms here. Uh, you can see that there are these these chains that are still mildly intact, 
but it looks like they've been partially dissolved, kind of working their way up, like from the from the bottom up. And they're like these big kind of heavy chains that are kind of hanging down. And you can see that they've been kind of wrapped around what looks like these kind of cross vents, uh, some of which are in like looking like they're they're bending. So it looks like they've been positioned there, not like in an official manner, but somehow they've just been crudely wrapped around some vents, uh, which looks particularly odd. Uh, and then the next thing is that there, um, okay. So the next thing you would notice is that there is just, just if you're doing your perimeter, there is this section of the, uh, the ground of the, the sort of the main warehouse, like underneath where those chains are where you can see like it's just this big circular scorch mark and like this indentation into the ground like as if the panel like there's like these floor panels these like these big like um what look like plastic uh, you know some sort of some sort of composite plastic that is making up the floor like it's been bent or pushed down into the ground they're probably about 10 by 10 uh, and so that kind of bends down and that's probably about 15 or 20 feet below where those chains are hanging. Okay. Um, at that, I would probably um, get on, you know, comms basically to like, would it be possible then to call like um, Lawton specifically? Everybody. Yeah. Everybody can easily contact. I can get, you can all, okay. yeah. On your keys, you can all contact each other. That's not a problem. Okay. okay. So I would want to share that information that I, I have, I believe that I, I might have found uh, the source of um, this fire here and I'll kind of give my location for everyone. Okay. So you, you give that over to Lawton and, you know, you, we can, I have no problem unless you guys want to say otherwise that you can say you're regularly giving yourself, you know, each other updates every 20, 30 yeah, minutes, whatever it might be. I'm fine with that. If there's something that you want to like keep hidden, just say, you know, just, just shoot me a message on discord or whatever it is. And we can say that that information wasn't conveyed. Uh, I do want to cut, I want, I want to cut back to Koji, uh, cause he was sort of the first to kick this off. Koji, you, um, you got pointed in the direction of this neighboring warehouse. It's about, uh, I would say, there's about 50 yards of distance between each warehouse here. And it's all very grid, grid-like. And you can, you can see that probably about a hundred feet up, uh, which is near the, near the, actually I would say near the midway point of the building, you can see that a huge chunk uh, has been kind of collapsed inward. Uh, but whatever the building material was of this, some sort of concrete uh, has, has, kept it intact it hasn't suffered any damage it's it's in the sense of like it didn't collapse or anything it's not structurally ruined uh but there is a huge chunk of what looked like a uh kind of a loft window that has been ripped open and part of the part of the side um now what that would probably tell you is that this just something exploded and just shot debris outward right as yeah. you're looking around you can see like evidence of like debris on the ground as well See if I can get access to that point at all. Uh, it's a different company, uh, and so if you you would probably need to uh, put in some sort of order, you kind of have to kind of get some kind of approval back from base, uh, back from the home district there to to do that. So, what I would say is we can do like a connections roll here to see if you can 
if you can kind of get them to fast track approval for you to get inside. Okay. Connections, I've got an A. So okay. I'm rolling 2D12s. Sounds great. Wow. That's nice. uh, that's really good. That's really good. <laughs> Double Gandalf. Just the one six, so one success. Okay, yeah. Uh, so you probably, I mean, as a fixture, you've you've helped people here and there. Uh, you're not necessarily like a skimmer schmoozer, but you've you've you're political, right? Like that's the whole thing of, of the fixer, right? They're a person who like makes the connections, fix people. You're like a, you're kind of a political being that navigates uh, the LAPD, the UN, the bureaucracies of of LA, and you're able to kind of get even at this night, kind of a fast tracked entry. Maybe it's official. Maybe it's just getting approval from whatever company this might be. Um, but when you go inside, it's some sort of automotive storage. And so you can see that there are what looks like a significant number of these very uh, nice, high-end, mega-rich collector you know, spinner types. Like they're, they're, they're not your you know, LAPD vehicles, but these are what the people in the 200, 300, 400 levels might drive. And it's just them from bottom to top. And maybe there's like a night watchman who's there kind of giving you a tour. And he's just like, uh, yeah, it was, uh, it was pretty crazy. You know, I was just sitting here. I was, I was, I was reading my stories. And, uh, and, and all of a sudden, I just hear a big boom. There's a big boom. I look up. My eyes blow. Big old bright light outside. I thought uh, I was getting pulled over by one of you folks. They were flashing a light. Maybe I was drinking too much. I blacked out or something. But no, no, no. It's just a big bright white light out there. And then... Uh, and then I heard, uh, you know, I had I had a shake. I went and took a look. I went and took a look. And there's a, there's a few vehicles, you know, they took some damage. But, you know, insurance, insurance, insurance. I'm sure to be fine. Sure to be fine. Uh, but, yeah, I can show you around. No problem. No problem. Hey. Uh, of course. Just lead me to that room up, up high. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure, sure, sure. So he takes you all the way up. And you can see that there's a chunk of, of the other building uh, that's got to be like 10 by 10 by 10. Like this big, like huge chunk of concrete that has come through the window has kind of clipped the frame of this loft window uh, so that part of this building has been has been sort of chunked off and then like a bowling ball through pins has taken out this whole row of about 10 different uh, vehicles now it's just like it doesn't look like intentional but it looks for sure it's just this, this row of vehicles has suffered uh, pretty significantly uh, you can need to buff those out, but All right. I don't. I don't think buffing is going to work here. I think it's going to be wholesale. You know, you know. Back in my 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 youth, I was uh, I was a uh, you know I, I was a body man. Yeah, yeah, I was. But uh, these hands they shake a little too much now, so I can't really do it no more. Can't really do it. Yeah, I'll just get like quick pictures of the evidence. Sure. Just- so you take out your like your Kia. Your Kia can kind of do this. Can kind of clip some stuff. Yeah, yeah, you know, if you want, if you want some, uh, you want some, uh, we, we, we got, uh, we got some, some cameras, you know, and I mean, I know they're not as good as the LAPD Espas, you know, the drones and such, but we, yeah, we got, we got a few here and there, you know, some of them point outward, you know, security, lots of people want to come in here and take these vehicles, you know, they're, they're, they're pretty penny for these. Yeah, if you want to come on. Yeah, come on in, come on in. Like you can kind of get on the systems, you know, and such. Again, it's not, you know, not the greatest here. You know, we're not going to get every little thing here and there. But uh, if you want to, yeah, come on in. It's nice to have company this time of night. I'll take so, his offer. Okay, so he, he leads you in, and you kind of sit down at this terminal, and the two of you start kind of loading up some security footage, and you start kind of just cycling through it here and there. 
okay, so let's see. Who haven't we gone back to in a while? Um, Faye, let's go back to you really. Let's go back to you first, and then we'll go back to like Lawton and Arlie because that kind of was is going to do a thing. Uh, so Faye, you're up by this uh, this office, right? And you're just kind of seeing if there's anything here that can be like anything salvageable or, or is there something in particular you're looking for? Um, yeah, she's looking if there's anything salvageable, um, any evidence that uh, he was maybe still in his office when this happened. Um, okay. So, um, I don't want to just keep doing observation tests, but I feel like this is essentially observation again. Um, I would say if you wanted you, yeah, roll your observation. Sorry. No, that's fine. I kind of figured I'm really heavy in hand to hand combat. So, Uh, I'll push it. Ah, push it. Push it for you. Good. I got one success. I was thinking the same thing. I was telling. Started telling singing Alyssa, it in my head. I was telling Melissa this story yesterday when I came to work. I got out of my car. Brief little segue. Sorry about this. I got out of my car in the parking lot. I hear young DMC, uh, young DMC, um, or young MC, excuse me, young MC, like blaring, absolutely blaring in the parking lot. Bust a move. And like I see the car coming up and it parks right across from me and out pops like one of my assistant chairs who is like a kind of, you know, like, you know, probably early 50s librarian style of woman. And it's just and just like blaring. The door opens up. It's like whoosh, it's everywhere. And I'm just like. All right. All right. I'm gonna have a good day. My, my kind of lady. Yeah. It's like, OK. <laughs> I was like, you know, I would think Celine Dion, but no, no, no. Young MC. It's fantastic. Uh Okay, uh, so Faye, with one success, um, I'll say that there is, it doesn't look like anyone was in here, um, but I will say that you do find within here like some probably hard copies of like the fire suppression and other types of like, you can you can see that there's these big old uh, binders uh, of this like thick material, like this recycled kind of plasticized paper, right? So it's not like actual paper, but it, it's, and you can see kind of printed up on it as all these uh, sort of, it, it's sort of like a hard copy of, of various procedures, uh, diagrams for this, what needs to be stored where, what shouldn't be kind of, you know, kind of a, a safety guide uh, that you kind of start going through it. And I'll tell you this, that you would be able to with this, probably like find where on the premises, if it's still there, where that kind of fire suppressant machinery might be. You've heard a few times now that it didn't go off for some reason. So maybe that's what kind of catches your attention here. Mm, Okay. Yeah. Then once she has that, that's what she would head towards next. Okay. So, and you know, that's gets going down. There is a sub level uh, and that you're probably like where you're going to kind of head down there. Like underneath there's a lot of like different machinery and things Um, like a refrigerated area too. So Lawton and Arlie will say are together now uh, on the main floor of one of these, one of the the taller, the taller rooms. Um, but you see like there are these, uh, there are these cross vents that again, a lot of them, it almost looks like they've been dissolved. Like you can see like this, 
you can start to see it. You can start to visualize it, Lawton, as like Arlie pulls you into this room. You see this radius, and then you can see where it almost looks like something, whatever exploded, just like just disintegrated parts of this, you know? Um, and you can see like up on one of those cross vents where those heavy chains are wrapped around, almost like squishing them. And they're kind of hanging down to the point where like they're, they're not intact anywhere. Like there's like half chains that are hanging and they're just sort of loosely swaying. You can hear the tinkling and you can see this, this, this panel that Arlie is looking at that it looks like is, is suffered like a hero stomp as in right in the center of it, just sort of pushed down and it's kind of folded up on each side. Um, what you guys like to do here? I'd like to do the full forensic workup. I want to know where the fire started, which way it traveled, what accelerants were used, if any, uh, looking at the product list of what would be in the warehouse, like what caught fire and caused it to accelerate more, et cetera. I just want to like create a little map of how the fire grew. Uh, you can roll a tech for this, I would say. Arlie, if you give him a hand uh, and if you want to like aid him on, you know, kind of giving him depth on this or setting up some of his equipment there, that kind of thing. If you wanted to, uh, this is going to take time. So this isn't like an instant thing. This is probably like an hour or so like that. Uh, but if you want to aid him, he can take an advantage on this uh, or you can do something um, else if you wanted. Arlie, you should not aid me on this because I get advantage uh, on tech roles that uh, require knowledge of physics or forensics or any other okay. natural science. Uh, so Mr. I should already Stone. have advantage. W- yeah. would I'm it, sorry. Would it be... Physio- I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to need a psychology role on this. <laughs> <laughs> Wrongology. <laughs> You're close. fire burn. Uh, Mr. Lawton Stone, would it be useful to you if I climb up and I get a sample of what is on those chains that are partially dissolved up there? I can climb up and get you a sample if that would help in your investigation. I suppose it would, but I'm going to be able to get samples down here. Is there... Yeah, go for a climb. <laughs> okay Lawton give me that tech Arlie give me a mobility two eyes two eyes are better than one two imaginary numbers okay no I, I didn't imagine the numbers they are real numbers so uh Lawton, you start working, you kind of laying out some of your material, you're getting your camera up, you're doing a series of, of images so that later when you kind of plug them into the Esper back at, uh, you know, the Esper terminal, the Esper wall back at, at base, like, you know, you're not sure exactly how it works. No one really does. You just know it does. It has this immense computational power, can take images, it can kind of combine them together and through some sort of kind of like machine learning can piece together uh, some some aspects of it. So you start documenting and documenting and documenting. You take a look at radius. You you start doing some basic sample work, and you probably have a few little devices where you can kind of figure it out. One of the things you would notice, I would say, that you would you would pick up on uh, is, is 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 like a white phosphorus, right? It's not like a full on white phosphorus in the sense like it's dissolved this whole place, but somehow that was kind of used as part of like whatever explosive or incendiary device was here. You start hearing from like Faye and from Koji about this like white light and stuff kind of bring all of it's kind of piecing together. And then you're getting like this now hard evidence that's sort of supporting that to some degree. So whether it's something that was within the inventory or whether it's something that was added, 
you're not entirely sure just yet, but you're pretty sure you can kind of kind of figure that out. Uh, not so, white frosting, white phosphor. <laughs> so, um, Mr. Lawtonstone had said, "No, no, no, no. I, I think I'll be able to get everything up here." And he's like, "No, I, I think it would be useful if I if I climb up there and I get you a sample from the chain up there." Uh, and I, uh, I, I did not succeed, and I in fact rolled a one. Yeah, so this <laughs> is what's going to happen. <laughs> you're a climb unicorn. Up. That's a good thing. You climb up, okay, and you're doing this like climb to here, climb to there. There's like again a lot of this. The metal has been dissolved. Like whatever this is, it almost. I would say, Lawton, you would be able to think that as you're sort of piecing it together in your head, you're probably working on a theory. Now, looking at the explosion, you think it was meant to be localized, but then somehow it reacted with other chemicals that are in this in this warehouse, and it kind of created this chain reaction of events. You might even start to think that it, it probably wasn't intended to be this big of an explosion, which explains, because otherwise if it was, if it was this giant white phosphorus explosion, it would have basically just gotten the whole damn building, right? So likely the other other elements that you're seeing elsewhere is likely the result of just kind of a cascading effect. Um, Arlie, as you're climbing up, you're, you're, you're jumping from, from bit to bit, you're starting to like move across that vent. The vent starts to shake a little bit, but you, you're steadying, you're steadying yourself. And then right as you kind of reach down, the whole vent gives, chain and all. And you go, and so you drop about 30 feet or so with this vent, uh, with the, these heavy, heavy chains that are probably, each of them probably 20 feet long or so. And you go smashing down right at the center, at the nexus of this explosion where that bent uh, like kind of panel was. And you're going to take three points of health damage from that. Okay. Now, and so you'll you just <laughs> she uh, is going to um, you know kind of get up and sort of wipe the dust off of her a bit, and she's just going to sort of shoot Mr. Lawtonstone a look, like don't even say anything. <laughs> now the other thing, you okay? <laughs> uh I, I will i will be yes thank you and a weird you gotta go to medical or repair bay mechanic no you gotta no, take it's, off it's just a fall it's just a fall i am fine you sure because that was good 30 feet uh yes this is uh one of the things that i i can i can fall uh probably better than you can this is just what happens. yeah i don't want to test that out but I, I do believe you. I, you. You are a scientist, so it's interesting that you would not want to uh, test out such a hypothesis. But I can understand the self-preservation. You got dust on you a little bit. Oh, thank you. I, I do. I do want to. Thank you. Appreciate that. All, all gone? Yes? Yeah, I'm not even looking at her at this point. I just turned around to, to go back to work. So one of the things you do notice, actually, as she lands, she sends like that panel that was bent kind of lands on one side of it. And it just goes like seesawing, flying, flipping up into the air and then slamming back down upside down. I would say Lawton, what's your observation? Like Uh, observation is a B. I'm pretty good at it. Okay. B intelligence, B observation. One of the things you would notice first of all, uh, is that the, there's something about 
like the the like the scoring or the texture on the side now that you're looking at it it almost looks like that was was like upside down originally and it kind of flipped itself over but then the second thing it used you to be the ceiling something like that maybe but you notice also that there has been something graffitied on it as well what's the graffiti i'll check it out look over and it's it's sort of stylized but crude at the same time w you know you're you look at it for a bit it's like it's like a message w then there's like an i but as you look at it now the i is kind of like supposed to be an a you see this sort of juxtaposition of a k and an e together and then you see this strange arrow that just sort of points up you're kind of working it through working it through wake up and the eye is like a physical eye not the letter i right that's like a drawn eye within the circle of like a lowercase a gotcha yeah yeah Uh, I'll document that. Uh, I do want to see where this panel, want to try and recreate where this panel was like originally attached to. Okay. So you start, I would say you start trying to figure out the attachment to it and you realize it's actually, it is supposed to be the floor, but it looks like the floor panel was dislodged and flipped upside down. Now these panels are again about 10 by 10 by 10 by 10. So like it's like they're very very big. It's yeah, like 10, yeah, yeah. you know, it's a big square. And that is and they're they're heavy. They're plastic, but they're still fairly heavy. You couldn't do it by yourself. It would either take a, a handful of people, Arley, you might be able to do it. Uh but it's a fairly heavy thing, but it looks like it's been flipped. And so that whatever this message was was like on the sort of like on the outside and then kind of got buried underneath for some reason. Arlie, could you uh, set this panel over there for me so I can get a better picture? Uh, yes, of course, Mr. Lonstone. Arlie, and you can I just want to see how easily she can lift it. It's uh, Arlie, what's your what's your force at? Uh, it's actually not great. Um, okay. <laughs> actually, I would say I've got a, a D for force and a B for strength. You oh no, your okay, your strength is B. Never mind. I'm sorry. Your strength is B. That's fine. Uh, so it's a struggle for you, uh, but you're, you are able to do it. Um, it's, it's a little bit of lifting, a little bit of dragging, but Lawton, there's no way you would have done it. Uh, she could do it. Uh, it took, it was a little bit of, but again, a little bit of a struggle, but she got it done. Is and there they're that, like, stronger than her anyways. Metal sure. on concrete scraping sound that's happening as I'm doing this. Uh, yeah, it's plastic, so I don't know about that. Oh, okay. uh, plastic, but then like the underside of it is like you can see there's like metal framing where like the panels sit and all gotcha. that kind of stuff. So I sort of look back to you. Uh, you know, it's don't don't help or anything. Um, is, is this where you wished it to be? Yeah, that's perfect. And I don't take any pictures of it. Um, <laughs> sorry to keep taking up more time. The next thing I'd like to try and figure out is what was in this room, the room below, and the room above to see, like, if it was meant to be localized, I'm trying to figure out what the target could have been. Okay. So 
basically we'll say, things in the immediate vicinity that they'd be trying to burn okay. or explode. We'll say you and Arlie start to get to that. And while you start working on that, we'll cut to some other folks. Uh, Everett, what would you be doing at this point? Um, okay, so is Miss uh, Lau still around? She is. Now you can see that she is regularly what looks to be on her version of like a corporate Kia. Like she's, she's, she's communicating with her corporate bosses, whether it's Wallace or whether it's Kim Plus, the subsidiary. You're not sure. Uh, but she's there like monitoring. Like it looks like her job is to monitor the situation or something like that. Okay. Um, so then uh, Everett will walk back up to Miss Lau um, and he'll- She like holds up, hold, holds a hand up. She got this long fingernail extraordinarily decorative you realize like whatever is on it is like moving it's like like the actual nail itself is moving like the coloring of it. it's super fancy she's holding up yes officer so earlier my uh co-worker uh asked you about any enemies or any problematic individuals that might be wanting to do something like this to a building of yours and uh, I noticed you laughed it off. And sure, I mean, between the competitors and the, the low lives you got to hire and pay to keep this place running, you've got a long list. But surely there's there's got to be somebody on this list of yours that even to you in all your years sticks out a little bit in recent times. Detective, is that the proper term? Detective? Is that right? You can call me Everett, you can call me Detective, doesn't make a difference to me. Everett, if you insist. I work for Kemplast, who is owned by Mr. Neander Wallace's corporation. I, I don't have to tell you who that is, nor do I have to tell you that when it comes to the corporate world, there is the Wallace Corporation, and then there is everyone else and she does kind of like this like hierarchy right everyone else will do whatever they can to even incrementally get closer to what we have so when you speak to me of corporate enemies or enemies of any kind well <laughs> that's why I laugh who, who isn't an enemy when you're at the top Everybody wants you. Okay. So then, uh, surely, looking at everyone as a potential target to, or a potential perpetrator come after you, surely you've got state-of-the-art security or something that we could reference. Uh, we've been walking the scene as you've seen us working, but uh, there's got to be more that you have on file. Roll manipulation test. Okay. So it'll be 2d12 because I've got A's in both. Oops. You are the face. <laughs> hey! That's a 12. That's two successes. Okay. You guys are rolling pretty well tonight, other than Steven. So that's pretty good. I like that. Um, <laughs> pretty par for the course, really. <laughs> I enjoy that. I am the dynamic. Dan of the Volley Gaggers. Mm -hmm. Okay. <laughs> Poor Dan. <laughs> just, I like to think he's probably overplaying the hard game right now. He's just like, 
Oh, I feel bad for some reason. <laughs> he just took a stray <laughs> for no reason. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, okay, so... Okay. Um, well, Mr. Everett. And then she, her eyebrow lifts, Maxwell. And she kind of pieces it together for a moment and then shakes her head and you hear a, like an exasperated sigh come out. Not at you, but like retroactively at Lawton. You are indeed correct. We, we do have access to our own network of... Uh, of cameras similar to your Esper network, and I was just trying to acquire the footage. Uh, it does, well, looking at the state of the building, as you can tell, um, she kind of like trails off. Anyhow, amongst your rabble, we've sent our technicians in, and they have managed to piece together, and you've been here for a couple hours at this point, right? So he's managed to piece together some footage. Uh, and she steps over to you, uh, shoulder to shoulder. She gets very close, actually, uh, and you hear this, like you you hear this sort of um, this like a uh, sigh kind of get you know kind of come out of her, her her mouth as she starts kind of going through her her display. She smells amazing, actually. She's probably got some high end perfume on, and she starts playing through this footage. And she says, now we're unfortunately unable to get much footage after the explosion or the debris. But we have been able to acquire, well, at least everything from, well, here. And she just shows. And you can see that there is this worker shift change that's going on. There's a barge delivery that's coming in that's like, that's entering you see it's lowering, like the new shift is kind of coming in. You see the kind of usual stuff. She's kind of flipping through the various internal security cams that they use. All these people are dressed in these like chemplast coveralls and such. Um, and because you did two, you got two successes in this, I'm not going to require a secondary role. There's one thing that catches your eye as she's flipping through and she's flipping through and eventually like the 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 footage ends with that burst of a bright white and then it's gone. And so like that's it. But you do notice that as the shift change is happening, you notice that there was one individual that didn't seem to be coming in with the normal crew off of like whatever uh, kind of like uh, sort of shuttle that they use to send workers out to here from, you know, wherever it might be coming from. That they're kind of veering off from this alleyway nearby and they've got this duffel on, but they're still kind of covered in this uh, in what looks like this coveralls. They got this hat like held kind of low uh, and they they seem to try and you you, you know body language you're, you're a cop you can kind of tell they're trying to blend in and you can see that they disappear into uh, the building a couple times here or there you can see uh, you see them pop up um, but not as often as you know then, then you, at a certain point you lose them um, but you did see them at one point kind of vaguely on one of the the sort of the office level cameras like kind of like shifting down like and uh if you kind of communicate with Faye, like you would know that he's that this figure this large figure seemed to have um have managed to access some of those like suppressant controls at one point like the two of you if you get on and you cannot communicate um 
And if you want to roll observation uh, to kind of look really closely, you can see if maybe you get an extra bit or two about the person. Uh, but otherwise, it's like kind of a, a grainy, like black shadow figure. Okay. Yeah. Um, I've got a B in observation. So would I just roll that singular dice or would I include my intelligence in it? No, yeah. Roll observation. So that's, so it's always two die. Or if oh, okay, you have gotcha. advantage, okay. you'd get three. But in this case, it's just regular. Okay. You're right. <laughs> you're success there, and as I long as you don't, yeah, like a, a unicorn's fine unless you push. Okay, uh, and you can't push on, you know, etc. Uh, so anyway, you got your success. You do notice that, like, there, um, it looked like at one point as they were, uh, as they were kind of working on the fire suppressing unit, like you can see that they had rolled their sleeves up, and they were just covered in tats, like just hats for days sleeves like insane uh and also you could tell it's a man never quite got a look at his face uh but did kind of what you can tell had like kind of a shaved a shaved head with a hat over top of it so it didn't have any long hair or any of that but definitely had a had, had some tats okay uh so then everett will play it cool not give too much of a reaction but he will say to miss lau is it possible I could uh, get a copy of this, of just this particular footage leading up to the event so I could show my coworkers? We can run the footage a few times, see what we can pull out. Of course, Mr. Maxwell. She kind of like, her hand kind of comes down like over top of yours. Really, like, of course we can take care of that for you. I greatly you can see, appreciate like, your cooperation. The nails kind of move around. It's like it's- Well, for yearning. <laughs> exactly. Oh, Derek doesn't know that joke, does he? He, he was an in Regency. Yeah, roll for that's our new skill. He'll learn. Roll for yearning. Yeah, he'll learn about okay. it. That's our new thing. Derek, who do you yearn for? Marilyn. Wow, <laughs> right now. Yeah, actually, so yeah, Maxwell would uh play like uh charming and say it's quite a lovely uh quite a lovely design you have on your nails. Well, what is it? Does it signify something or is it just your favorite colors? Signifies wealth and power, my dear man. Wealth and power. Most important things in this city. Right you are. I didn't realize they had such a worldly intelligent folk within the LAPD. Perhaps I've been too hasty. That's okay. You've got a lot on your hands today. I wouldn't want to, I wouldn't make any presuppositions on this, so. Thank you again for everything you've given me. Indeed. Thank you, Mr. Maxwell. She kind of gives you like a little little nod. And then she like kind of takes a few steps away, kind of sways the hips a little extra maybe. And then she kind of gets back on like her own corporate phone. Uh, let's let's give Faye and Koji another round here. So Faye, we'll go to you since like we just said, like maybe there was some kickback here and there. And so okay. maybe it, Maybe it's now that Everett's kind of funneling you some of that info, but you've got this like this book, you've got this info that there was somebody messing around with it. Um, and you do find in the corner of like one of the lower like subfloors the what looks like the the fire suppression unit, like the machinery is still kind of intact, but like the like because it's a subfloor, it wasn't necessarily as ripped up. Um, is there anything you want to do down here? Um Faye really wants us to be checked to see if it was like um, tampered with mm-hmm. and exactly how it was tampered with. Okay. 
Uh, tech would probably be the best thing here. Uh, okay. Cause it's specifically machinery you're kind of messing around with, I would say. Let's rip it. Oh. Uh, you can push. Yeah. I'm rolling. I got a C in intelligence and I have a D in tech and You're a, a D dumb in observation. Dumb. I am a dumb. dumb. <laughs> <laughs> if only you had an analyst for a partner. The yeah. fire suppressant punches you in the face. There you go. Um, <laughs> Punch it in the submission. Probably... Tell me what you know. Tell me. Um, <laughs> Tell me what you know, fire suppressant is... system. She'd probably attempt to see if she could notice anything. And then she would, she would call Lawton down, especially when she heard him and Arlie like trying to see what was below where they were at. Is yeah. this below where they're at? Yeah, it's a subfloor. I would say like, but this is like in the corner of the. It's not. Uh, oh, so it's not directly below and, like, them. They're kind of centralized, okay. and I would say like what they're what he is doing and what Arlie is doing as well. That that is taking a significant period of time. I'm not sure. Like, wouldn't want to yeah. seen like like there's there's time. He doesn't answer your and call, stuff. and he sends you a message just saying I'm busy. So then I pushed. So then yeah, I saw. So that. then she gets she gets the book out and she starts looking for, um, like. And uh, like one of the forms where it shows you what it should look like. And then she's right. comparing differences of like, okay, well, what's different? It seems as though like this, this, like the sensor apparatus, like the thing that would sort of the send, like send, like, like kind of read the signal of increased temps or increased chemical spill or something like that, that would send towards the, like the suppressant tubes and stuff that shoots down the foam that has been sabotaged. The, the foam's fine. And you've even seen the foam kind of erupt here and there, like just mm -hmm. because of explosiveness. But whatever, like whatever was basically used to sort of like trigger it has been, you can tell this isn't, it's, it was damaged prior to this. Like there's no way this was done purely from the explosion. This is something that somebody got in. This is a well-protected box that this is in. Okay. It's like the, the control unit is within a literally, you know, fire protected box. And so somebody messed with this prior to, okay. and they turned off, like you're, you're positive. Somebody sabotaged this. So then Faye will take pictures of it. Is there a mm -hmm. security camera in this room? Uh, either there is in fact. Yeah. And if you get on the, with Everett, Everett can yeah. kind of connect. And now you two are kind of like, yep, you're, you're confirming it. You've got a picture of the suspect, that kind of thing. You don't have the face, but you have a couple other other shapes as well. Yeah. And you do see him, you know, kind Messing of maneuvering. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Now, I would say another thing, Faye, you would probably know, like his hands are out there and he's moving things and stuff like that. You might be able to take some sort of fingerprint sample or something like that. You might be able to kind of pull some of that as well. Okay. So yeah. Yeah. What would that yeah. be to attempt that? I would say it's it's probably tech, but you're a cop. I was, this is something I would think you would probably know how to do, or it's something you okay. could wait and have Lawton do later. Like so, that's okay. the type of thing. As if he, if you want wait, to yeah. Are, are we setting up Lawton to do the enhance? All right, mm -hmm. yeah. seventy-six yeah. to four seventy-five. Enhance. enhance. That's all I want out of this campaign. <laughs> do you have the Esper computer? Oh, it's so good. I love it. God, I love that's it what so I was much. doing when I my intro scene. I was just enhance. Uh -huh. That's so good. Hand right, enhance. move forward, Hand center, right. enhance. And then they throw out coordinates sometimes too. You know, yeah. I love that too. Just like yeah, random, the like, coordinates don't actually match where they the don't computer match. moves yeah. to. Like, no. like, so great. 42 so to C12. <laughs> okay. So with that in mind, let's go ahead and go over to Koji. Uh, Koji, you have been going through uh, this other building, this, this sort of automotive collector's uh, storage center. Uh, you can go ahead and if you want, you can roll a tech 
as well, or an observation. I think either of those would be fine if there's one of one that's better than the other. Yeah, my tech's a notch better. I've got to see and a beat intelligence. Okay. D8 and D10. That's a nine, so one success. Okay, so this guy's just kind of talking. Yeah, it's been a, it's probably been the most exciting night I've had for a while. You know, you know, uh, just me and the missus. Usually, you know, we settle in. We all you know, like, kind of tell each other stories how day went and stuff. You know, she does the nails down here, and she's like kind of kind of going off, like rambling here and there. It's this old man. He's very excited to finally have something to do. And as he's kind of talking and talking and talking, you notice something actually. And it's and it's something really really curious. You see through a window, like like the, ca- the you can see the camera is supposed to be kind of going down towards the towards the street level, and it does, but you can barely catch this small glimpse through the window into the actual where uh, the warehouse for Chemplast, and you can see these chains. That have been like like some like that are suddenly appearing, and you can kind of see the glimpse of them. And they're kind of hanging down at a distance. It's kind of grainy, you know. And you can see like they're moving here and there, like they're kind of like wrapping around. And you see something's kind of getting pulled and pulled up them. And eventually, as you're watching the change slowly get pulled, slowly get pulled, you're hearing this guy, yeah. And so yeah, we're looking to maybe go for a ride and such. And he's just talking and talking. And you see suddenly appearing from underneath the lip of where the window gives you access, this like small little glimpse, you see that a body has been wrapped up within the chain and they're getting kind of pulled up and up. And you see they're kicking and they're moving and they're kicking and they're moving. And you look at your Kia. You look at the image, look at the Kia, look at the image. You're pretty sure you recognize Former LAPD, Monty Croyle. We're going to go ahead and end there for the night. Hey. Oh. No. <laughs> that son of a bitch. That son of a bitch. <laughs> and we'll end this right was there. a lot of fun, Jeff. It was a lot of fun. I was terrified. <laughs> you dig terrified. I, liked, I got I to like flirt with we... Jeff in a cutscene. I know, right? Hey, buddy. <laughs> You gotta get in the Regency. We went slow, and it really fit Blade Runner perfectly. Like, just taking one step at a time with the investigation and everything, putting the pieces together. It really really felt like Blade Runner. It was slow and not even remotely exciting. That's what I did. (laughs) I almost fell asleep. You nailed the theme. I thought Long was asleep at one point. Ashley got up in fury at a certain point, just walked away with great anger. That's a safety tool. We we can't give her trouble for it. (laughs) All right, so there's something we got to do first before we cut. We got to do the awarding thing. Where's the pages for that? So, do-do-do-do-do. I think... I think it's promotion humanity maybe hmm I, I forgot to bring up my uh, let me see so yeah so like basically much like any free league game uh they're like it, it awards xp by like answering like a series of questions uh and it's sort of the same thing so we're not necessarily awarding xp but we're awarding like humanity points and uh and like promotion points and things like that and there's like a series of questions. Uh, da, 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 da. I think it's 220. Let me try. Let's see if they're there. Uh, I'm looking at it in uh, Foundry. 
Yeah. And uh, using promotion points. Got it. I'm sorry, humanity points. You have to have used your key memory or interacted with it in some yeah. way. I interacted with your key relation. Okay, go ahead. Yeah. Okay. So I mean, I had points. it before you, but fine. Go ahead. Uh, you're fired. Uh, promotion points. Uh, so basically, after each session of the game, you get to reward the players for promotion points for doing their job as a Blade Runner. Uh, so you basically get one one promotion point if these things apply to you. Found one or more clues that led to real progress in the investigation. Everyone think they got one individually? Wake up. I think so. Okay. Yeah. yeah Wake up. I would say so. Okay. White frosting. <laughs> Okay. Uh, so, yeah, I think everyone got one. Goji, you saw the body. Faye, you found the su- fire suppression uh, sabotage. Everett, you saw a, the video of the guy. Yeah, uh, I manipulated her into giving us the list. Yeah. Which is okay. Uh, okay. Uh, let's see. Revealed one or more fugitive nexus eight replicants. Nope. Apprehended no. one or more suspects. Nope. Stopped one or more serious crimes. Nope. Uploaded loaded at least one and one piece of important evidence to the LAPD mainframe. Uh, we could say we've got, what did we get? The, the video. video. Everett would get mm-hmm. that for the video. Arlie would get the list. Sure. And then, uh, Lawton, I would say anything you're getting from like the, uh, the materials, stuff like that. So, okay. Save the life. No. Um, okay. Uh, so that's probably it for promotion points. Then humanity points took a personal risk to help another person, human or replicant. I would give this to Arlie, who climbed up and across that vent and literally fell. <laughs> I asked if she was okay. That's kind of like a social risk. Connected to someone human or replicant on a personal level. Everett, a little flirty. Yeah, yeah. I agree. Uh, I tried uh, to connect Koji with Koji. With guy. I tried to connect with him. He didn't connect back. Oh, he kept okay. offering. I, uh, don't sound so bitter, Jeff. <laughs> I was very sad. I was trying to flirt with Koji as an old man. <laughs> uh, learn something significant about someone's life. Nah. Yeah. Uh, Try to tuck someone down from committing a crime. Now, nah, learn something that made them view the world differently. I don't think we're there yet. Uh, let's see. No I'm trying my hardest to think of how I can spin these. Yeah. There's a lot of them. I refuse to follow orders. Anyone refuse to follow orders because the character felt they were wrong? Mm, I don't think so. I almost oh, said no to the case. Yeah. <laughs> Edo, just wait. Edo, just wait. When it, when Melissa does her baseline test, we I got I got I got a plan. Uh refuse to follow order, but no. Used a key memory or interacted with it in some way. Well, I'll give this to Faye. Faye actually gave it. She got the lucky just by the mm-hmm. luck of the roll. I referenced it in my introduction. Does that count? Sure. I I was talking about the fire glinting in my house. Yeah, take it. Okay, okay, okay. Uh, And that's it. Okay, that'll be it for now. Okay. (laughs) Yes, too old. It's true I didn't hear my phone, but I don't know that I'm intentional enough to get credit for that. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, part of that is just like me doing it for you because I'm setting stuff up. Uh, Okay. So that was a first round Mm -hmm. of Blade Runner. We're going to be back in two weeks with more. We're going to be alternating. Next Friday is going to be our finale of Hunter. And then in two weeks, we'll be back with the next session of Blade Runner. And in two weeks, we're going to give away, uh, we're going to give away some dice. I was going to do it tonight, but uh, there was a, there was a possible chance we might've had to cancel. So I didn't want to promise anything. Mm -hmm. We're going to be giving away another set of Norse Foundry dice in two weeks. So you should come back for episode two. 
Uh, tomorrow, I think you can catch myself, Steven, and Melissa over on Grim and Perilous Plays on YouTube, I think, as we're playing some Tales from the Loop. Uh, and then the usual One Ring crew will be playing One Ring tomorrow afternoon, uh, as our as as per usual. Uh, Monday, it sounds like we're gonna start horror on the Orient Express. But now that I said it out loud, I probably <laughs> jinxed it, and something's gonna happen. But that's the hope. Uh, and then nothing Tuesday yet. Uh, but but Stephen, when are we coming back? Uh, that will be February 7th uh, okay. will be our first day, our first session of Forbidden Lands, uh, yeah. 9 p.m. Central. Is Tuesday something else special, though? Nope. Tuesday huh? is special no, because not. I like it. Are you sure? Well, what Steven said <laughs> is true. What Steven said is true. It's because that's 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 Steven's, uh, Steven's night. That's why. I'm yep. giving you an out, Jeff. <laughs> Thanks, buddy. Chat knows what it is. Thanks, buddy. <laughs> Shut up, Logan. <laughs> but thank you. Thank you. My birthday. So whatever. Uh, yeah. Uh, I'm turning I'm turning even older. Uh, so. 22? Uh, 23? How old no, are we? 24? I think. Are we at 23? I forgot. Oh, old man. When you get old that, man. that old, you forget. You forget. Uh, That's my okay. task to track, okay? <laughs> oh, man. I'll stress. That's a good idea. Just keep streaming. To uh, getting this. Getting back to this in two weeks. Yeah, too. I am too. Yeah. I was very nervous. I, I, it almost didn't happen, and I was just like, "All right, let's do it. I'm good. Let's do it." And I was like, <laughs> okay. "Off the bandaid." I thought I actually had, a, like I said, I had a couple locations ready, and we're still at the first location. So I'm like, hmm, "Okay, all right." You're but like, there's a couple other locations <laughs> ready. I mentioned a few of them. Maves Bar, for instance. Is yeah, one Maves Bar. Of, I figured as yeah. well. There's a few others as well that we can kind of pick up on here and there. You get us to split the party, and that'll just. Well, that's what you guys absolutely can do. But I felt it was was a good idea, at least at the very start, to put you all together. And then Mm -hmm. you can start to branch out and go different places. So now that... The rule say not to split the party. No, Blade Runner highly encourages it. I have never listened to that advice. Uh, Highly (laughs) encourages it. Uh, So... All right, we are going to get out of here. We're going to raid our friends over at Defenders of Cobalt. Joe is running some Heart, uh, one of my favorite games. I love that game. We've run it here. I've run it over at Grim Paris Plays. And so let's go watch Joe run some. Uh, But come hang out with us tomorrow and uh, have a good rest of your weekend. So goodbye, everybody. Bye. See you.